this is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Bailog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of a release. This week, we're palling around with our Italian buddies, carousing, forcing ourselves on the ladies just a little bit. Oh! oh as we're watching Spine 246 in the Criterion Collection, Federico Fellini's I Vitaglioni from 1953. Ooh, wow. But Good first, job. But first... Yes. <laughs> How's it going, RJ? Uh, I mean, what do you, how is anything going, you know? Yeah, I don't fucking know. I mean, I'm fine. I'm, uh, first day tired. of, first day of school on campus. At the, For you? At the, at the uni. It's, and how's that go? It is a, it is a husk. It is a, a an empty husk shambling like across husk? the landscape. It doesn't know what it's supposed to be doing anymore, but it's just going to keep on going. But they're definitely going to make sure that you're very safe inside of its confines. That sounds like uh, the Ben Affleck movie I watched later. Ooh. Like he, he's kind of just a husk. Or it's like we're inside of Ben Affleck. That'd be a cool movie. I, I, I could think of worse places to be. I, I agree. I agree. Do you think Charlie Kaufman could write a screenplay like that? Who knows? Who knows the crazy ideas that go through his mind? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Um, so the university's back, but there's yep. not a lot of kids there, hey? Uh, yeah, none. Uh, other than the ones that I have to deal with, which there's like a couple, like a few dozen. <laughs> are they all cool or are they, are they weird? Um, they seem like, I don't know. They've all got masks on, so you can't really see what's going through their uh, their full faces. But, That's good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would not be excited about being a student right now in the age of COVID. Yeah, it would kind of suck. What about being a teacher? What do you think that's like? Probably stressful. Problematic. Problematic. Uh... Have you? Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen any cool masks? I've seen a very a huge lack of originality no. and coolness in masks in my my travels. I've seen a lot of ill-fitting masks. That's oh yeah. That's that's pretty in I think. But yeah, no, no cool masks yet. It's kind of a bummer because I know uh, London Drugs, uh, you can get anything printed on a mask for like 17 bucks. Mm. You just upload a picture. And if it was me, the kid I was in high school, I would have got a mask with like, I don't know, a bunch of dicks on it or something. Just to I was, see. I was going to say, hey, are you going to print this crotch? <laughs> just just a crotch or something. Like, you know, or like have something hidden in it. And uh, I would have gotten pretty, I would have spent an entire week planning and Photoshopping this. But uh, I don't know, all the kids I've seen in masks, it's just, you know, solid blue, solid black. No. Stripes. And it's like, none of these kids are taking advantage of premium pranking. You know what I mean? I don't know if we've got like the greatest pool of fashionistas in our community. Well, I mean, we have a pretty heavy rural agricultural uh things surrounding us and lots of hutterites they have pretty good fashion mm-hmm. they really know how to wear black they sure do they sure do they're pretty cool um well that's a bummer that uh, you don't see any cool masks no no Kids cool masks but yeah. yeah i i mean i got to see some faculty they they seem uh the ones i'm seeing they seem to be like on top of things and have been planning all along mm-hmm. so good for those students and uh yeah 
I don't know. If we'll see how it goes. Uh, one of the first things with students coming in, they're supposed to have like proximity cards that let them have access to the building. And it's apparently the, the door wasn't just working at all. It just wasn't working. So they just had to leave the door open. Of course. So like we're compromised. Um, the one point of entry mm-hmm. we're supposed to have, that, that door has just been propped open. <laughs> and yep. so we're, we're very compromised, which is like, mm-hmm. this is exactly what we're afraid of. And it's like, this is how people are. Like, yep. You make all these plans, and then when it actually comes to like people existing in these uh, parameters, it's like, nah, this is too hard. This is inconvenient. I'm going to go back to what I was going to do anyway. And then some sort of mm-hmm. weird in-between compromise. Well, I mean, that's always always going to happen. Even those cards anyways, those are self-assessment cards. And people people have no idea how to assess themselves. Like, nope. I think that's like Doctor 101. It's like, don't trust people because – it's like not that they lie, but it's like people don't know like no. how to say what's going on with them. Dude would be like, I'm fine. Just like shit in his pants without knowing. It's like, I'm not sick. Well, does does the shit have blood in it? Sometimes, yeah. It depends how long it's been oh. going. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Not mine. I'm healthy and I'm yeah. regular. You're, but, you uh, are more than regular. Actually, I've been thrown off a little bit because of uh, my new schedules. Yeah. Like, Tell us more. Uh, well, maybe I'll wait until uh, we rip through some emails. I want to see if anyone addressed that uh, big matzo ball I left hanging over uh, from last week's discussion. But I don't know, dude. It's uh, your 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 digestive system sinks into like your circadian rhythms, right? So when you get used to a certain timeline, like say every day you made business, you make you make Jarrett mm-hmm. at like 10 a.m. Uh, if you just one day decide, it's like, I'm going to do it at 6 a.m. now. It's Sometimes it, it's going to take a while to adjust to that. You know? Yeah, it's definitely rife with problems that need solving. Well, I just, I mean, if anyone could fix it, I guarantee it's a billion-dollar enterprise. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a pill for it already. At least we don't know about it. A little, like a little pill? Big, big pharma. Jagged little pill? Do you know about that one? I know about red pills. What about a blue pill? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no. I thought that would have been a good transition where you could have been like something funny about emails being the blue pill, but... Uh, no. You eat anything good this week, big dog? Uh, did I what now? Eat anything good did this I week? Eat, uh, I just had some salmon. With, what kind uh, of salmon? Just grilled, regular salmon. Yeah, grilled, grilled, grilled okay. salmon, and some uh, some carrots and some mm-hmm. rice. That was pretty tasty. Okay, uh, I've been indulging in a little bit of Taco Time. Are you familiar? With, are you are you familiar with the Canadian franchise Taco Time? Yes, the Canadian, not the not to be mistaken with the American Northwest Taco Time. Is it the same? They're no, different. They right? are. They are different. I believe. Yeah, uh, I'm familiar with uh, you know those tots and sauce, and rumor has it, uh, I think you're a regular at that joint, aren't you? I am. Did you ever tell that story on air? I think I probably at some point in the last four years of eating taco time, a couple times a week. But you know, during uh, during the height of COVID, I was not. I was denied. Um, but what did uh, you do, bud? I, I, I didn't eat tacos. <laughs> I didn't. Eat, I didn't have a single chicken burrito. Not one. Okay, well, the last thing I'll ask, and I'll let you continue, but... Uh, There's nothing to continue about, really. Well, in yeah. in your peak, how many times in a week would you eat taco time? Oh, man. At least three times. 
three times a week? Yeah. At least during peak peak times, yeah. Man, I don't think I even eat out three times a week. Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday would be the, the schedule. Just for you? You're a man of uh, patterns and consistency, right? right? Correct. That's that's why there's still a podcast. Must be some end of some spectrum, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. The, the, spe- I, I... the spectrum of delivering quality. Well, that's that's what we aim for, that's right? The, the, the best spectrum of them all. Well, there you go. The only spectrum there is, actually. Maybe it's the best spectrum. Well, everything is a spectrum, like, technically. But is there a spectrum at all? I read this amazing post the other day. Um, oh. Who was it? I think I, I'm not sure if um, this this person is actually a listener of the podcast, but um, they're oh. on Letterboxd, and they made some comment about real psychology. Real psychology? Yes, real psychology. And I was kind of okay. like, huh. And I just kind of like made me go, wait a minute. <laughs> is that a real, is psychology real? Uh, some of it is. Is it? Some psychology is real. Not M. Night Shyamalan. His oh, psychology yeah. is not real. Well, if I mean, you know or, what I mean. or is that the realist? The realist psychology? No. M. I'd Knight. be uh, split, I wouldn't. split personalities, RJ. It's not real, Jer. Who are you going to believe? Any any quick Google search will tell you. I feel like people just don't Google enough. Or they only read the first headline. And who you know? controls Google, RJ? M. Night Shyamalan? Big psychology. With, wow. their, with their friend, Big Pharma. <laughs> Where... Where does uh, sociology fit into this? Um, between the raindrops. What about art? Did you, do you remember Glimmer Man? Do you remember that movie? Glimmer Man? Glimmer Man. Oh, what is that? It's a movie. Glimmer Man? I remember Meteor Man. Starring uh, Steven Seagal. Keenan Ivory Wayans. What's, uh, is this Gary Glitter? Is he in this movie? Not yet. I mean, that would be the Glitter Man. Oh, he got in trouble, though. Two two good cops, one bad situation. A former government operative renowned for his stealth, Jack Cole, is now a Los Angeles police detective. When a series of horrible murders occur in the metro area, Cole is assigned to the case, along with tough-talking fellow cop Jim Campbell. Although the two men clash, they gradually become effective partners as they uncover a conspiracy linked to the killings. Which also involves terrorism Guess and what? organized hey, crime. What's the name of the serial killer, RJ? The Glimmer Man? No, that's that's uh, that's Steven Seagal's character's name. Oh. No, the serial killer is known as the Family Man, named for his habit of wow. killing entire households. Whoa, that sounds violent. F- fuck yeah. Wait, have you not seen this movie? No, <laughs> you don't. Oh, I just was asking. Hey, do you remember the Glimmer Man? Well, you were you're speaking so fondly of it. I no. thought it was made perhaps one of your faves. I just remember the trailer. <laughs> That's about it. Huh. Yeah. Well, the director John Gray also made a movie called Born to Be Wild with, I believe, a a child in a gorilla suit. Um. I wonder if they so, put air holes in that. You'd hope, but I mean, I wouldn't be. As long as it was a human person in there, whatever. Right. As opposed a... to a non-human person. Right. Which is most. What were we talking about? Oliver Granger in his oh. email to us. Oh, yeah. Entitled is that about the Glimmer Man? Fellini. 
Uh-oh. Not Glimmer Man. Okay. He writes, this is our last Fellini for maybe nine years. Is that true? It is true. Nine years? Yes. The the, the next time we watch a Federico Fellini movie, RJ, is La yeah. Dolce Vita. And it's like spine 756 or something. Wow. So what? They just they were front heavy with all this stuff? They yep. loaded up the front nope. end and they're like, okay, we're good now. We don't have to nope. do it ever again. Pretty much. Uh, it's like, so yeah, we've watched nine or ten Fellini movies or something like that at this point. And this will wow. be the last one for a really long time. I had no idea. Will we get the same privilege with Jean Renoir? Ugh. Or are we going to have to? Uh, we can hope. I hope. I hope. Well, I didn't know. Interesting. Uh, Oliver points out he will be around 40 when uh, we watch a Fellini film again. I will certainly not be watching any non-criterion Fellinis over that time. It's not that I don't like him. Actually, majority of his movies are very good. But you know what it's like. You want to spend your free time watching movies as far away from the collection as possible. That's true. If only we could get a Bergman break for that long. Yeah, I, uh, the Bergmans haven't been hitting Ollie too uh, too kindly, I've noticed. He's usually pretty tough on the ratings there. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just need a break from all of the Criterions and we just do Tremors for a couple weeks. Or just forever. Just forever. Every week we just review Tremors and yeah. we can see if our opinions changed week, week to week. So... I was listening to this podcast, this podcast, RJ. You listened to podcasts? I was listening to a podcast. Um, wow. Okay. And on it, uh, it's Junk Food Dinner, and they were talking mm-hmm. about the Star Trek trilogy of okay. Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, mm-hmm. and Voyage Home. Okay. None of the three had ever seen the, like Star Trek really at all. Uh, okay. one, one had seen the movies before the other two had never really seen them and none of them okay. were fans and it was so it's so weird listening to people just like not watch any any star trek but like and then jump but, in. But, but make comments about like how voyage home was sort of like must have been groundbreaking because oh they must have never done a time travel episode before when they went to earth in modern times mm-hmm. i'm like well they, they did that at, well at least twice well, the uh, the mob episode that Quentin Tarantino is going to make three a movie times, on. three times. Then, yeah, there's a yeah, there's tons of uh, well, I mean, time g- g- the, the, the gangster, episodes. but the gangster planet was like not a time oh, travel right. episode, right? That was a gangster planet. Yeah, and there's like you know, there's like an old west planet, uh, a, yeah. Ro- a Roman Empire planet, true, but like true. Act- actual time travel. I think there's only the two, right? The uh, Harlan Ellison one, yeah, and then City on the Edge of. Uh, Forever. And, forever. Then, and then there's the one where they're on the military base, right? Yes. Yeah. Wait, yeah. No, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, but then all those other episodes where it's like the Gangster Planet one, I feel like if they had seen that episode, they would have, they wouldn't have been as like shocked by things, right? No. I don't know. You, um, you just watched these things. I mean, you should have immediate recall of all things Trek. I do. But you don't. No, I don't. Uh, well, I mean, you can go about it any way you want, right? However, I think, uh, as I said, even with TNG, where people are like, do you got to watch the original series? It's like, no, but it does help. And I, I'm always, I know I'm always like, the context shouldn't matter. But when you jump into like movies that are essentially episodes to the TV series and they're technically like episodes like 60 and like 61 62 or whatever it is it's like 
having a little bit of background would probably benefit. No. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's uh that's strange. I um yeah, I was kind of like I don't know. I, I don't want to be one of those guys, but I was just kind of mildly annoyed, and I was like, oh come on, they, mm. you you guys got to know this better. You you don't know about that city on the edge of forever? But clearly not. See, even I knew about that before uh, I had mm-hmm. seen it. I didn't wa- know. He's from watching yeah. Futurama. <laughs> well, exactly. Everything from Star Trek I learned from Futurama. Exactly. Hey, did you know that those movie, those Futurama movies are hard to find now? Some of them are available, but sure. I saw the Beast with a Billion Backs. It's like, uh, I don't know, you got to pay like $30 used. Ugh. Those, those movies are so crappy. I, I thought the movies were fine. No. It's after the movies where the show, once it, once it got revived, then yeah. then you're in sticky ter- uh, territory for sure. Yeah. I, man, I, I'm, just, I'm good with those first, was it three, four seasons? Oh, it's great. That's good stuff. stuff's good. And then they ruin it all by going back. And it's like, hey, let's revisit Jurassic Park. Let's like flesh it out a little bit. It's like, no. Mm-hmm. But it gives it, it gives a satisfying ending. Like, no, cause I didn't need that. You you get to see that like I the wanted, dog I, isn't alone his whole life and no, cries. But, but I want I want the melancholy RJ. Well, that that is like one of the sing one of the saddest single episode episodes of a TV show. Like that in the end of Roseanne. Serious stuff, dude. Serious goddamn stuff. <sighs> yep. I will, I will say though, it was a uh, it was a good discussion, I guess, in the sense that like the the movies did win people over that had never watched Uh-oh. Trek. Though uh, one guy he had like Wrath of Khan is his least favorite. He liked it, but he, he it was what? his yeah he his ranking was something like three four two. <laughs> I'm like whoa. Which one was that? Uh, Kevin. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm usually pretty on on uh, the same page, but I was like, but he apparently is like doesn't know Trek at all. So I was like, huh, that is definitely a viewpoint not shared by many. Yeah. <laughs> I, all, for yeah. me, it's like Search for Spock is definitely the weakest of those three, I would say. Uh, yeah, you weren't on board with the, the shifting time the, cycles of Spock, right? Yeah, the whole speeding up of like in like all oh, in like the how oh, Vulcans can put their minds into other people and then they can hold on to that till they put it into a child. It's like, what is this? You don't know about that? That's a, yeah. it's a staple in many religion. Oh, yeah. What, you, have to, you just need a, a McCoy. Mm. Why? What? What's he gonna do? Nothing. Just shit on it. In a sense. Anyway, what were you talking about? Uh, Maximus Mansteel writes. Wow. With an email titled "The Return of Maximus Mansteel." Uh, did he go away? Oh no, he he just. I see what he's saying. Hey, creeps! I got you. Maximus Mansteel checking back in. Work's been crazy, so I didn't have time to write in last week, but I did mm-hmm. get to continue covering the old episodes, which helps lead me into my next uh, into my first question. Oh, dear. I listened to your Brackage episode, which is probably my new favorite, and that oh. uh, led me to watch some of his stuff to see if it was unbelievable as you made it out to be. Whoa, boy, yeah, it was sure something, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Brackage is an experience. You can just ask... ask uh actium jackson maximus about that stuff uh well he might be on uh brackage by brackage too allegedly is what he said allegedly, once right yeah, i think so mm-hmm. so my first question is this 
Have either of you ever binged on a series of movies but didn't really enjoy the experience at all to the point where you questioned what you were even doing with your life? Hmm. Thing, uh, things watched for the show don't count all because it's pretty uh, obvious the curse you've taken on makes you regret everything. I was going to say just listen to this podcast for the last four years and then you'll clearly see all of the uh, things we regret. I Particularly, man, the last... Since Spine 200, mm-hmm. like the last 46 movies, whatever, mm-hmm. man, the average isn't good. It's not, no. it's not a good batting average to, 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 to sports things up a touch. I mean, yeah, lots of criterions. And then even, I mean, our side, Corm- our side Cormay. hustle. Yeah, I was going to say Cormay, uh, Tromay. <laughs> Those have been pretty like I you know what though I so I will say that out of Trome mm-hmm. I, I watched like there was like some genuinely like good little bits in there that I was like I'm really glad I did this because there were some four star affairs out of that for me sure uh, that didn't happen with Cormay in fact all the movies I already knew were good I just was like yeah these movies are really good and then everything else is just chafe <laughs> just that did you say chafe it's chafing me man oh or, or chaff. <laughs> Oh, look at this guy with his $10 word. Uh, chaff. Yeah, I don't know. All the stuff we do for the podcast is pretty uh, pretty grueling, to say the least. Sometimes the Stephen King movies I, I, I watch are pretty bad, but uh, I guess that kind of counts, right? Because I'm not going to stop. No, you can't now. You're, yeah, in, you're not... in too deep. I am in too deep. Um, like the Sum 41 song. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of like a horror franchise, maybe that like for you. Yeah. Maybe something like that. Uh, how did you feel about the Halloween franchise? Oof. Yeah. There's some, that's probably the one. There's some all time worst stuff in there. Yes, there is. Yeah. Allegedly. Are you going to watch them all? Uh, and the new one next year when they release the, uh, the new, new, are you talking about Friday the 13th? No, Halloween. Those Halloween. aren't they? Halloween. No. What? Yeah, they're going to make Halloween. There's those two new ones coming out. Oh, fuck. Those? Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Right. Yeah, are you going to watch those? No. Uh... No. Why not? I'm not going to watch the first one either. <laughs> you're not You're not going to watch the podcast, uh, Blumhouse version of uh, Halloween? Nope. No. I wonder I how that know. movie plays now in the wake of uh, Shockwave's... Uh... <laughs> going down no i'm not i mean that's those are two separate things that's true that's true podcasts puppet master rj i think is definitely yours though i mean for sure i think that uh, you watching puppet master has kind of changed our lives though too yeah yeah because we do the may special now yep which is like that was never planned no i was just sick and i was like i was like whatever let's let's get it yeah because I even like, but I might even like say, oh, "Come on, you should watch those." <laughs> and you watched all nine of them, and I was like, "What the mm-hmm. fuck's happening?" And then and you were, and I, you were... <laughs> I had nothing to do. I was, uh, I was at home by myself and yeah. for an entire day, and I, I was sick. So I was like, you know, I was like, I don't want to have to think about what to watch. I was like, mm-hmm. that's that's baloney. And so I had it; they were all there. So I just. I just did it. See, but I I for, completely forgot about that because I've been trying to push it out of my memory. I think 
two of those movies are okay. Yeah, so there was like that, um, I don't know, there was that Al Adamson box set that came out this year, and it's like 300. Al Adamson. Yeah, exactly. So he's a guy, he makes movies, kind of schlocky movies. There's this crazy box set. It's like 300 bucks, and you Mm -hmm. get 35 movies. Okay. I gave gave it a look. I looked at it, this gigantic Mm -hmm. unit of cinema, but... I just like I don't know like no one talks about this stuff at all in positive ways, uh, and I don't know I feel like it, that would have probably qualified for this uh, category of something I would binge on. But I don't know I'd watch maybe one and go oh why did I buy this? Um, well isn't that that used to be your whole gimmick? It was but for a like, while. It was I mean I mean I don't I mean I did that with Franco but I don't regret it and I didn't question at all what I was doing with my life. Mm. Yeah, you like those. I think you need a, a good. Re- no, actually, never mind. Oh. As I can say, you need a return to form about watching uh, movies that you hate. But uh, we do that every week anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Correct. Yeah. Maximus Mansteel's second question. All right. Have either of you ever watched a movie simply because you're sick of seeing the damn cover all over list on Letterboxd? I got so sick of always seeing that stupid last Spider-Man and Venom movie covers all over Letterboxd that I watched them both mostly so I could log them as watched and grade them out. Both were the garbage I was expecting, especially that Venom dump. Anyway, have a good show, creeps. Do you think he means Venom? Nenum, num, num, Don't num, get num, that num. Venom. Uh, so I've actually heard a couple people this past week, because I guess Venom must have popped up on some streaming platform. Uh, it just got added to Netflix. Okay, so people are watching it and they're like, "It's not too bad. It's, it's not too no, bad." No. Oh, sure. no, no. <laughs> I don't know, Jared. Uh, I saw that thing in theaters. It I wasn't for- good. I forgot about that. You did. Are you Are you planning to watch Venom Nums for uh, Creeptober? So no, who are these? No, I'm not you, RJ. Who are these people you saw that uh, thought Venom wasn't too bad? Uh, real life people or letterbox real life people okay <laughs> some okay. some might even be listening to this podcast well they're bad dudes if they are listening um i mean it's fine if you like it that's okay uh I, i'd love to see what your opinion is jerry i would love to see you watch movies like <sighs> venom what well, won't you like well, how about, what about just watch movies yeah you can watch movies at all that that would work too so, have you ever uh, watched a movie just to get it out of uh, Off your Letterboxd? Uh, z- z- geist? Mm, yeah. No, I have not. You? Mm. Usually, it's the opposite. I, I usually try to avoid it after that. Like oh, you know, because it's because it's what other people are doing, and you're like, no. I'm well, a... it's the the hype machine. Look what always happens with the hype machine. You know always what? People... I, you know what? I'm definitely not ever watching. What's that? Bill and Ted face the music. No, no, you're not a Bill and Ted guy. No, no, man, I'm not. I I, uh, I watched that first movie, what a few years ago, and whoo. Oh, that's that's what it is, though. Not, I think not for me. And then I, I remember as a kid thinking like the second one was okay, but like I yeah. that first one just was like nah. It's kind of like why I I kind of fear the idea of uh, revisiting the Wayne's World movies because I'm like, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna have a good time with this. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think that's understandable. I I don't plan on ever rewatching the first two. I'd like to keep them in memory of when I was like twelve, and I thought they were pretty good. 
uh, as we've said many times, maybe sometimes leaving leaving it dead is best, right? Leave the memories alone. Leave the memory alone. Uh, I don't plan on watching that anytime soon, but maybe I might give it a rip. Might give it a rip. Next email. Oh yeah, Reese Hackstall. Ooh, the sugar head. Portrait Let's... of an email on fire. Oh God, what happened? Hello, Garrett and Rog. <laughs> okay. Hope you are well. This past uh-huh. week, I watched the infamous Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and I gotta oh. say, I liked it a lot. It's a pretty good show. I'll probably even watch it again. Ooh, that's a uh, high praise. High Rewatching praise. movies, Jared. It's a pretty good show. It's like pretty good it show. Sounds, sounds like you. Uh, pretty good show. Hey. Yeah, but I, I mean, if he's gonna rewatch it, I think that's like, it's a pretty good stamp right there, right? <laughs> Uh, following up on last week's episode, the fact that Jared uh-huh. would disrespect the Pride of Alberta Longview beef jerky is disturbing <laughs> and frankly problematic. <laughs> Additionally, I would like to support RJ and say that I too am a member of the Toilet Coffee Gang. RJ, God bless. RJ's admission was empowering, and I hope that more Toilet Coffee drinkers <laughs> will come forward and I can feel pride where shame once was. Man, if you can reach out and touch one person's life, Jarrett, make a difference. Uh, you know, maybe this is the movement that the people need. I know there's a lot of other stuff going on in the world, but, uh, you know, maybe people need to know that it's okay to take your coffee on the toilet with you. you Clearly, know, Re- Reese does it. So. You, know, you know where that Longview beef jerky wound up, Reese? Where? In the garbage. You threw it out? I threw it out, buddy. You didn't even, like, re- like no. re-gift it to someone? No. You should have gave it to a Bob. I think like he, gave he, it back he, to him. He, he probably had too much of it. He was trying to give it away. You should have gave it to a Reese if you ever came across well, him. Well, I could go get it out and give it to him. Is it in your garbage at home right yeah, now? Yeah, right now. Oh. I, mean, I can go get it. It's probably Is, still uh, there. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe he'll email in and let us know if he wants it or not. I mean, it went to the fridge for a while. Because I was like thinking I was feeling bad about it, but then I was just like, I don't know, as it was in the fridge, like the packaging was getting like more orange, a little, mm. a little more yellow, and it's like, oh. Can I ask you two questions? No. How often do you buy beef jerky? Do you no, have it not in, at all. in hand? No. no. Okay. So my follow up would have been do you always refrigerate it? Uh, I don't know. It's like, isn't it like pepperoni sticks kind of? Pepperoni sticks should be in the fridge. Okay. But like your plain Jane flat Sally beef jerky, you can keep out of the fridge, I think. I See, I don't know. I mean, that's just a preference. Some people keep their bread in the fridge too, yep. but you don't have to. That's For freshness. Yeah, I don't know. Just depends. I figure it doesn't hurt it being in the fridge, and then it's like if it's sitting on the counter. It's just kind of like in the way. It's true. Or you put it's it in, if you put it in the cupboard, you might just forget about it, and you just have this exposed meat. I got a big uh, bag of beef jerky at work. I keep in the drawer beside my desk. And I just kind of take a pull off of it all day. Man, you should uh, start a podcast and record <laughs> yourself eating it. Uh, I could probably. Um, I actually, I do have like my work. Some of it has to be online now. So uh, when I'm, I have a little camera there in my uh, my little studio, and I can uh, I can record for you just a special video for you of me eating beef jerky at work. Looking forward to hearing you guys you guys discuss some problematic italians tonight oh they're all problematic though best sugar head so i'm not sure about this uh hello garrett and rog is that supposed to be rog or 
Raj? Raj? Well, it's R-O- How is it spelled? R-O-G. So Rog. Rog. Rog? I, I, I think Rog. <laughs> you know, I've had people like, so Andrea never, like she's never understood this, uh, but like sometimes people, uh, instead of saying RJ, they go Arj. Mm. Like, like just the sound, Arj. Yeah. Uh, like, and she, Andy's always like, she's like, your name is already short. It doesn't need to be abbreviated anymore. And like, I think and it's actually just a, the abbreviation would actually make longer. it longer. Yeah. But it's like the actual act of saying it, it's not two like consonant letters like R J it's urge. It's just like a noise. I think it comes out like smoother. So, I, I mean, like, that's one thing. I, mean, I like Jorge. Jorge? Yeah. Jorge's not bad. Yeah. Jorge's not bad. Some people call me Jorge. I've uh, I've gone by Miguel Sanchez, um, Maurice Del Taco. I, I've also been called sometimes. Um, I don't know. Whatever feels right. I, I do love the Garrett, though. I think it's awesome. Garrett. I think more people should do it. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm glad to know that uh, my message of peace has uh, brought um, comfort to him. because you... Drinking coffee on the shitter. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't use those words, but uh, I would call it um, assertive multitasking. Have I ever told you about like the ongoing YouTube story of like people who say, hey, I couldn't tell the two women apart either. Or I didn't know there's two women. And then my but then my girlfriend said, yeah, they're totally two different people. Like on our YouTube video? Yeah. No, I thought uh, I knew there was like one or two people who well, agreed with it's, us. But... It's like a thing, though. Every once in a while, a comment <laughs> pops up, and someone mentioning this. Well, see, you know, and that's an empowering thing too, because yeah. you know, Jared, I could have lied. I could have been like, "Oh yeah, I totally knew the whole time," but I I didn't think that was fair to you, and I didn't think that was fair to the listeners out there, because I genuinely didn't know. Genuinely, and I thought other people might also not know, and I think it's it's important to share. You know. You know. Next up. Oh yeah. Actium Jackson Maximus. Holy shit! He hasn't been on here for a while. With an email entitled f- "email." Female or theme it's mail. F lowercase f email. Oh okay okay. F- email. I got you. Uh, that's okay. Hey, Impressive. creeps. Yes. Hope you're having a good week so far. Uh-huh. Concerning Jarrett's attitude towards lockers, I'll stand in solidarity with him. A friend and I would throw our backpacks in bushes outside of our class due to the obsolete <laughs> nature of lockers and what? the ridiculous rule that prohibited backpacks in the classroom. It was great to see that you also took my recommendation for that river tour, although it baffles me that I may have watched the house that Jack built before you, despite a deep-rooted disdain to Lars von Schreer, sans Antichrist. Oh, nice. I'm sure it'll come up, but I just had to throw in that Dune looks really bland. Oh, yeah, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about that Dune, Jackson. All right, all right, oh, all, right all right, all right, all right. But the new PTA bits always keep me optimistic for future films. That's true. With That's true. Creeptober approaching, I was curious as to hear some underseen recommendations. And any plans to watch the new Charlie Coffin film? This is more geared towards RJ, given that he actually watches movies. Keep up the true. excellent work, Actium Jackson Maximus. First of all, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been seeing some shit being thrown my way uh, from <laughs> listeners about me not watching movies. Sam, now Jackson here. I mean these these little these little snipes. 
Hey, I, I, I have no part of this. Uh, mm. I, it's, it's got nothing to do with me. So you control the emails. So I, I got no part of it. And the memes that come in that address things of the same. It's mm-hmm. as you know, I, I don't make those. That's a, it's the listeners. They're doing that. So uh, what, uh, what do you want to say to these uh, people? Jared? Well, yeah, we'll talk about Dune for news. Okay. Um. Are you, what do we got? Uh, Charlie Kaufman movie. Every, yep. Everybody's uh, everyone's watching it. I didn't mm-hmm. even I didn't even know what this fucking was. And then I, saw, I kept seeing this poster. Actually, this is kind of like the poster thing. Uh, oh, I, I mentioned see. earlier. I see. And I was like, "What the fuck? This looks like a some shitty like music video tr- like poster that somebody threw up." Right? Like, I gotcha. am I am I am I wrong? Does, does it not just look like exactly uh, what when someone puts out like some I don't know like uh, Donald Glover music video, it looks like this or Beyonce music video. That's like 40 minutes long and it's like a big deal. That's what this poster kind of looked like to me before I actually investigated. I'm like, Oh, this is that Charlie Kaufman movie that Mm -hmm. there was a trailer for that. I never actually watched. And I've now watched the, for I'm thinking the trailer. Yes. I've now seen, I've seen the trailer now for this movie. Uh, I had, I could have, I could have watched it right after watching um, this movie of the week. This movie this week. This movie this week? Yeah, the Ivetilioni. Ivetilioni. Um, but I just yeah. was like, I don't want to watch this right now. I can't. I, I was. I, I came close. I, I'm kind of with oh. you. I was going to watch it last night, but uh, I found out Andrea wanted to watch it. So I was like, I'll save it for you then. 135 <laughs> minutes. Yes, sir. Oh, that's okay. Yes, sir. Maybe. I mean, it's probably okay. When I saw the poster, my first thought was, hey, that looks like a Zach Braff movie. <laughs> and I don't mean that in like a negative way or anything like that, but I was like, that's Zach Braff's aesthetic. Yeah. Pretty much. It's not an aesthetic I want to fuck with. No? What do you want to fuck with? Uh, who's in this movie anyway? Jesse uh, Plemons? Jess Plemons. Man... I saw on my suggestion. He, uh, he, he looks like he's the leader of the Canadian Conservative Party now. Ah, oh, that guy's a goof. <laughs> but the, there's this look, this this guy's look, this like Philip Seymour Hoffman kind of look. Uh, Jesse Plemons? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little bit. He's, well, it's, like, it's like the cheeks, it's, maybe. Uh, and what's oh, the one comedian, Gaff, uh, Jim Gaffney? Jim Gaffigan? Gaff, Gaffigan? Okay. Gaffigan, yeah. Yeah, yeah these all like this, 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 they all look like. And now they all, yeah. and now Aaron O'Toole is looking like them too. But I don't know. Jess Plemons, like, cool. his like character in Fargo season two, mm-hmm. one or two. I can't remember what season he was in, but I don't know. Something about this guy. I, I, I hate this Jess What Plemons. about his character in Breaking Bad? Yeah, I don't like him in that either. What about his character in Friday Night Lights, the TV show? Oh, I never watched it, RJ. Okay. Uh, I saw a news article pop up on my recommended feed the other day, and it was just like, stop trying to make Jesse Plemons happen. And I, I didn't actually <laughs> read it. It was something like that, and it was just like the, the unappeal of Jesse Plemons. And I was like, whoa. See, I was like, I, wh- whoever I, this has, I, 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 has oh, yeah. strong opinions. Jesse Plemons is in uh, The Master as well. Yeah, he's in a ton of stuff, dude. He's a pretty well-respected actor, I think. I, no, he is, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. It's bizarre, right? I think he's fine. I don't know. Do you? Yeah, I think for the most part he's fine. So, um, 
uh, what else did Jackson say? Hey, I want to talk about this backpack in the bushes situation. That sounds nuts. Like, did, did do you think it, someone ever stole it? Like, they ever came out and it was just gone one day? No, no they're behind the bushes. It's like a, a plus two to hide or something like that. Yeah, but I don't know about you, but sometimes I would just go around through the bushes looking for stuff. Really? Sometimes. Well, maybe that's more of a dirtbag Southern Alberta thing. That's just what kids do. Maybe, like, he'd have to adapt. He couldn't. He would, after he lost that bag, he'd be like, well, that's not going to work. I gotta yeah. th- maybe throw it up on the roof. Well, we didn't have smartphones, Jared, so we uh, you you had to entertain yourself, you know. Hey, let's see what's in these here bushes. Hey, <laughs> some some stupid kids left their backpacks up back here. Oh, what they got for lunch? <laughs> and then eat their lunch. Eat their lunch. Uh, what else was he uh, talking about? Um, Creeptober picks. Do you have any hidden gems? Ooh, it's hard uh, to keep them straight, I guess. That's a, fuck, that's a big question. I think my obvious poll would be, uh, especially for Actium Jackson Maximus, I think he should check out Video Violence. I think that mm. might be in his wheelhouse. Yeah. Not Maybe it's not abstract enough, but, you know. <laughs> it's got the aesthetic. Abstract. <laughs> abstract. Well, he's a big abstract boy, isn't he? Uh, he likes his structural films. Uh, let's, take a, let's take a gander here. I'm going to pull up my lists. You know what's another good movie, Jarrett? Idle Hands. No. That's one of my favorite no, shows. No, don't do that to him. He should watch. Everyone should watch no, Idle Hands. No, 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 no. Actually, so I just pulled up Creeptober 2018, and yeah. I sorted by my ratings. Movies mm-hmm. Jackson might like. Video Violence, Dark Waters, Night of the Werewolf, Streak Trash. Oh, Mad Mutilator. Mad Mutilator. Those are all good Jackson picks. Night Beast. Remember Mad Mutilator, RJ? Uh, I do remember Mad Mutilator. Remember this? Remember that? You hearing about this? I think you sent. Uh, I lent it. You lent it to I, me. I lent you that DVD. You sure did. You sure did. Made by some fine boys out of Saskatchewan. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I'd be curious Just, what he thinks about everything is terrible. Everything uh, is terrible. Yeah, it's it's the it's a label that like remixes things. Uh, everything is terrible presents the great Satan. Any of the, everything is terrible. I'd be curious what Jackson uh, feels about those. Okay. No, I don't want, I don't cool. want to hear about what he thinks. I want to hear about what he feels. How he feels. How he feels. Feeling is subjective. Jared. Exactly. Like I'm talking subjective. Ah, uh, underrated Bucko. things, man. Last year was kind of a bust. Ooh. Oh, that's, I mean, checking out the, how about the works of Brian Paulin? Remember Brian Paul and RJ? Which one was he? Uh, fetus, bone sickness, cryptic oh, plasm, blood right. pigs. Check it out. I follow. What about, um? what's the other guy that you discovered recently that you liked a lot? Mm. Fuck, what was his name? <laughs> I'm a big Don Dolar guy. He could check yeah. out his movies. Yeah, he's not too bad. Not too shabby, but I definitely yeah. think Brian Pollen's uh, a voice for the modern age. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, shit, this is a tough question. I guess, I mean, it's a good question. Mm-hmm. Amsterdam just... in the lift? I think they oh, were, yeah. are, are you thinking about Dick Moss? Uh, I might watch Amsterdam this year if he wants to watch well, it as well. Have you watched the lift yet? No, it's oh, in my list. See? I think they're all in the, sh- the shutters. Ah, see, I do need to do a whole week of Shutter this year. I think. 
that might be a good thing. I don't know what I'm going to do this year. I'm going to I'm going to do it on the fly. We're going to oh, do it live. Man. What? As they say, we're going to do it live. We're, we're going to have like a live stream. Sure. Um, if if people sounds, pay, that, that that sounds daunting. Well, if the OnlyFans hits the right money requirements, we can do it. What do I got? You know, <laughs> I, I it hit me the other week. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. It's fucking Creeptober right around the corner. I haven't done mm-hmm. I haven't done any preparation. I have like a massive pool of movies that I could pick from. Sure. And I took a you know I took a, a quick glance through. I started a list, but it's pretty pretty sh- uh, shallow at this point. Shallow in what way? Like in it's not it's in, not it's not a deep selection yet. I, I've got to I got to build it up because you know there's been years where like I was a month out and I was like creating charts, dice charts, mm-hmm. and I would roll dice to determine what I'd be watching next. Fuck that! I'm not no more no more of that. No more. Just go with my gut. I want. Usually, I have my list to you by no later than August thirtieth. I think. And where and where is it, RJ? Nowhere to be seen. Uh, I still have most of these of yours. Oh. The ones I want to watch. Well, there so. you go. Well, there's like, mean, yeah, there's been all sorts of stuff. Like I'm sure if I look through your watch list or your uh, yeah your added watch list, I'd be like, hey, what about this? What about this? I tried to take a lot of my uh, the horror movies off of my uh, public watch list mm-hmm. and uh, jam them into um, my Cryptober private list. Right. My list so. right now is really just it's either like very mainstream. In some mm-hmm. things, like the param- uh, Paranormal Activity movies that I haven't seen. Oh, um, any of them? I've seen one and two, but I haven't okay. seen like three, four, Ghost Dimension, the marked ones. I have them on Blu-ray, though, because there was some like ridiculous deal where they were like four bucks a piece. Sure. So I snapped them up. Blu-ray, huh? Blu-ray. I've got some slashers because you got to have some slashers. I even got some Toby sure. Hooper. RJ, everyone loves that Hooptober, right? Cinemonster. Everyone loves them. Does does Holly Horror even watch movies anymore? I don't see her posts at all. But I don't even know if I fo- do I fo- not follow her. Maybe maybe uh, maybe she does a Criterion podcast, and that's why she doesn't watch movies anymore. Seems oh, like it's going around. Maybe. Yeah. Shit. Are you are you no, gonna watch any actually, Joel Schumacher fuck, movies this year? People give me shit about not watching movies. Look at that, Holly Horror. She watched like six movies in all of August. Well, what's her problem? Fuck. See, every like I don't know, man. Maybe it's something. You know, you know what I think it the, is, Jared. It's the, I don't know. Maybe like uh, us who have been in this movie watching game got some years uh, on us. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh god, we got to leave it to the the youngins, the the Jacksons. Well, I mean, that's part of it. I do think a lot of it too is that it's just we're in a quarantine hangover. Like I don't know about you but at the start i i did some heavy watching you know some heavy watching and uh i'm kind of in a good place now so i uh, you know i'm busy now so I'm busy you got yeah, a life you know I just, yeah i got stuff i gotta do man <sighs> stuff i gotta do and yeah i mean i'll get to i'll get to that kaufman i mean <laughs> yeah the, the last kaufman really was that anomalisa which i wasn't crazy about I'm hoping right. this is a recovery of that. It's based on like a pseudo horror novel, RJ. You know about uh, this? Uh, I'm seeing this. I'm hearing this. Uh, I did hear something <laughs> of the sort. When when are we going to do our Jay Leno appreciation episode? <laughs> I think we'd have to get uh, Reese Haxtell in for that. He sent uh, me a picture. I'll put on the Instagram soon um, about oh. Jay Leno and uh, you know some similar some 
confluence between him and our podcast. I'll uh, I'll post that one on the. Uh, I'm liking this uh, upcoming on the Criterion Creeps new segment I'm doing. Who's the Who's the Kevin? F- uh, between you and me, yeah. I don't want to be either of them, to be honest. Uh, Can that, I? That's true. You don't. You don't. You want. You don't. What's why don't you want to be Kevin Eubanks? I mean, we should technically be fighting over who's Kevin Eubanks. You, would you rather be Kevin Eubanks? No, I don't know. Uh, or, mean, or Kevin Tyrone? Kevin Ty- or Kevin Tyrone? His guitar player? Yeah. Yeah. No, Kevin Eubanks is the guitar player. Okay. He was the leader of the Tonight Show band with the host Jay Leno. Yeah. Okay. I was like looking this up on uh, the internet, Kevin Eubanks, but apparently his actual birth name is Kevin Tyrone. Oh. Yeah. Do you, why did he change it? I, I wonder. Don't know. Kevin Eubanks sounds sexier. Well, if you if you say so. Oh, okay, no, this, okay. This is what's throwing me off. So you, you go to his Wikipedia, and his birth name is Kevin Tyrone Eubanks, and then at the top it says Kevin Eubanks, but like the thing where it says here, it says Kevin Tyrone, born November fifteenth, nineteen fifty-seven. It's like where the fuck's the Eubanks? I'm like, what the hell? Maybe you should go on and edit that page. No, no, no. I don't. I don't want to be. I don't want my IP associated with any of this shit. Just, just do it. <laughs> Just, just do it. So yeah, I mean, we're all we all want to be Kevin Eubanks, but we all wind up like Jay Leno. That's actually probably one of the more depressing and real things that we've ever kind of discussed. Yeah, you know, you know, we're all Jay Leno, which is unfortunate. Collecting cars, and you know, just being alive. That's all he does now, right? He lives. He continues to live. Cool, cool, good for him. Finally, from friend of the show, Justin Peterson. Ooh, baby. I'm thinking of ending things, superheroes, and exploitation. Uh-oh. Hey, Jared and RJ, what's happening? With Charlie Coffin's latest movie now on Netflix, I was curious if you guys are going to end your streak of not watching any extra movies and check it out for next week. <laughs> I uh, I watched a movie this you week. Did. <laughs> I'm interested to hear what you guys get out of it since it is one of those rare movies that can be interpreted in multiple ways. So, of course, the GOAT movie question of the week has to be what is the best Charlie Kaufman movie uh, has written or directed? I like them all, but Future Creep being John Malkovich is still my fave. Yeah, I mean, being John Malkovich is pretty good. I would say Eternal Sunshine is my favorite. Yeah. Oh man. But being John Malkovich is also good. Adaptation is good. Uh, I actually like Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. I think that movie is pretty, pretty neat. How about uh, Human Nature? Never seen it. Looks good. <laughs> yeah. Looks real good. It's it's, it's not. It's. Oh not, no. No, that movie. Oh. That movie sucks. <laughs> Reese Ifans looks like a caveman in this picture. That's the idea. Like he lit, is that, a caveman. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What 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 is this movie? Is it, what, what? It's directed. Did you see who it's directed by? Uh, let me see here. Uh, wait. I'll go back. I'm on Just Watch now. Uh-huh. Michelle Gondry. Yeah. The fuck. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, buddy. Yeah, I was checking. It's actually. It says it's on Crave. So maybe I'll watch that next week. That's the Charlie Kaufman movie people want to hear about, right? Yes, yeah, you. I wonder. Yeah, see, that's the what the irony crowd wants is uh, my review of Human Nature. 
I like the popular review here at one and a half stars. This was really bad. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. Like it's not good. Uh, I remember when this this was like a movie that it got made and then got kind of dumping ground. And then yeah. when Beyond John Malkovich and adaptation and like the the Charlie Kaufman brand was building up steam, suddenly they dusted off Human Nature and went, "Hey, y'all, y'all like that? Y'all like that Kaufman kid? You like you like Tim Robbins, mm-hmm. Patricia Arquette? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you like Peter Dinklage, Rosie Perez, Hillary Duff, Hillary Duff, Robert Forrester? Wow, these are big actors, Jared." Yeah, there's very a, big actors. Yeah, uh, Puff. Puff is the name of the wild man. Huh? Is this kind of like Encino Man? Because I feel like Encino Man is probably a better movie. Based I just on your probably, reaction, you know, I wouldn't say that it was not. Uh, yeah, Encino Man is a better movie. Encino Man's a pretty good show. I don't know if you know that. Is it a pretty great show though? I I would describe it like that. Yeah. Well, you just said it was a pretty good show. Yeah, it's progress show. Okay. It's progress. Okay, I'm on to you. Yeah. Speaking of movies that make you think, Jared, can oh, you yeah. recall any criterions you covered on the show that you spent a significant time doing research about? I know RJ will not have much to say since he does not even watch the movies, instead reads about them on Wikipedia. It's true. It's very true. Ah, man. I think you did a lot of heavy lifting in the, in in the, the early year. In the first, like... 25 episodes i definitely did a lot more uh, heavy lifting probably the one i did the most pre-gaming for was uh solo Solo. that 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 one one, yeah that one because i knew uh, rj would be a big fan and uh, i wanted to have all like this these thoughtful Mm. things to go along with all the things that rj would be saying Mm -hmm. because uh i I was there for i was there for walkabout so i knew how i knew uh what was going to be a solo (laughs) hey that was early days when i didn't give a shit it's kind of like later days where I still don't give a shit. There you go. Uh, yeah, you, I would say the first year you took pretty seriously. Yes. Yeah. Citizen, For sure. That Citizen Kane episode. I, I mm-hmm. went to town. But uh, here we are. Year four. Year four. Barely alive. Or now we're getting into year five. Getting into, oh. like, d- digging our way through. And yeah. I don't know. What, what do people want? Part of the thing is, like, doing this weekly. It's exhausting. Yeah, it is. And I know and that know, we, we have our uh, our detractors that don't realize that they don't have a lot of choice because this is the only Criterion podcast. It's true. It is. So, I mean, you get what you pay for. <laughs> Got it. It's all about that quick turnaround. Yep. And if you want us to shower praise on your favorite movie, contribute to our OnlyFans. And then I'll say whatever your favorite movie is. I'll say it's mine too. No problem. You'll just say, hey, whatever you heard before, I mean – it was just a show. It was all a show. It's it's awesome. It's so good. It, it is all a show. It's uh, yeah, whatever you like. Just give me money, please. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you though, Jerry. Like, I know uh, some people are probably like, "What do you mean it's hard watching one movie a week?" It's like, well, it's it's not necessarily the one hour or the two hours of watching. Although sometimes that does add up. It's more the dread of having to do the <laughs> you podcast. Mean, you mean the dread that hits me every Saturday when I go. Oh fuck! I still have to watch this movie this week. I gotta watch this three and a half hour movie this week, and then in three days I have to record for about nine hours. Yeah. Uh, and only five people are gonna listen to it. And you go, <laughs> is it worth it? <laughs> is it? Worth I don't know. It? But aren't aren't the fans worth it, RJ? 
The five that we have, yeah, of course. Only well, five this week. Well, we have like five North American and five international, probably. Right. So ten well, globally. Well, we have eleven when uh, Maxim Gorky gets brought up. Ooh, don't upset the Gorky guys. I don't know when he's going to come back in the cra- in the collection, but uh, not looking forward to it. Recently, we- yeah, I've been revisiting the rebooted X Men franchise, starting with the X Men First Class. Are you guys as down on these movies as you are with the MCU? Also, who is your favorite X Men hero and villain from the comics? Ah, that's a question we can actually answer. First yeah. off, Jared, do you like the new X Men movies? I thought X Men First Class sucked. Uh, that movie was, I, I didn't like that movie at all because yeah. I just like I fucking hate their faces. Fassbender, oh, Fassbender. oh, Michael Fassbender. Yeah, I fuck James Michael. Fuck, I hate them. What about Banshee, that red-haired guy that we bring up all the time? <laughs> our, our favorites. Your favorite actor, Banshee from Antiviral. What's the sequel called? A uh, First Class, Days of Future Past. Was that the? Was it that really? It was First Class, Days of Future Past, okay. uh, Shit Apocalypse. Oh. And, and then they did the Phoenix one, which nobody watched, and then now New Mutants, I believe. Fuck. So confusing because like they're like prequels, yeah. right? Technically. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So. Yes, uh, X Men First Class I was not crazy about. X Men Days yeah. of Future Past I did like. Ooh, well enough. Surprising. Yeah, I did like that one. And yeah. then, uh, and then you and I. Oh yeah. Watched X Men Apocalypse, <laughs> and that movie is atrocious. I knew we were in for a fun ride when the credits started, and Jarrett went, "What the fuck?" <laughs> uh, at just the sheer. Well, I don't. Well, I don't even remember. I don't even remember. But they I do were like re- flying at the screen or something, <laughs> and you were like, "What the fuck is this?" And that was in the first five <laughs> seconds of the movie. So I was like, "Oh yeah," I was like, "We're in for a good one now." Uh, is it like the whole like? Because all the X Men movie, you're always like sliding down a tube or something. Like yeah. you're like flying it's like the DNA strand. Yeah, you're always into some spectrum. <laughs> Which end? Uh, there's no good end in this one. Okay. It's the X Men. It's the X Men spectrum, and yeah, I just I I didn't see Dark Phoenix. Not neither did I. It uh it it was added to Crave like three four months ago, and I was like, meh. Yeah. It's like I'm not interested anymore in these Simon Kinsberg films. Oh right, yeah. So, yeah, the second one was okay, right? Uh yeah, I didn't mind First Class. I think there was a few things like. There were a few parts in that movie where I was like, eh. I was like, I wish they didn't do that. <laughs> this is the one when uh, McAvoy loses his hair. <laughs> is that the end of oh. future? Uh, is that the end of uh, Days of Future Past <laughs> when, he yeah, just, when he when he goes bald? <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's, it's so stupid. And it's just like instantly he's like, I'm bald now. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. My CGI hair. <laughs> yeah, that one was. Uh, I thought Days. Yeah, Days of Future Past or First Class. Okay, Days of Future Past. Okay. Shit, Apocalypse was the shit. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have any plans of watching Dark Phoenix Phoenix, or New Mutants. I don't know about you. Phoenix? Phoenix. No, no. New Mutants. <laughs> I was I was out on my deck yesterday, and uh, a guy in the cul-de-sac across from me got picked up to go see, the, to see New Mutants, and he was really excited because I heard him talking like 100 feet away from me about going to see New Mutants. What about X-Men Origins Wolverine? 
Uh, I mean, not great. Not great. Isn't that the really, really bad one? Yeah. Yeah, that's the first one. That one was pretty bad. And then there was uh, The Wolverine in Japan, which I I remember thinking was okay. I heard it's got a CGI bear. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, I remember thinking that one was all right. And uh, Logan is good. I like Logan. Yeah, I think, I mean, fuck, at this point, I think Logan is the best X-Men movie. Yeah, surely. I mean, I don't know how well that's going to age over time, but I think going back over my uh, my X Men star ratings that have been logged, which I have, X two, uh, yeah, fuck by a lot. I didn't even rate X two because I was so disappointed by it. Yeah, that's okay. But yeah, Logan. Yeah, Logan. And then okay, uh, more importantly though, favorite X Men hero and villain from the comics. It's a big question, Jarrett. Uh, I love Nightcrawler. I think he's got like oh, such a he, he looks awesome, especially drawn by Dave Cockrum. So mm-hmm. so good. Uh, actually, all the X Men drawn by Dave Cockrum are fantastic. Okay. And when uh, Terry Austin inks John Byrne, that's also really good X Men stuff. But yeah, Nightcrawler yeah. probably is a good is a good character. I mean, villains. I love the I love the Juggernaut design. Okay. Uh, honestly, a lot of it is going to come down to like I love the way they're drawn, rather than like characters that like that's fine. Resonate that's with valid. Me. Yeah, I don't. Well, I, none of them resonate with me. The villains, but I think basing it strictly Ooh. on appearance. Actually, is fine. so probably the uh, actually I'm not a fan of the writer Mark Miller, but okay. his Magneto in the Ultimates, like the Ultimate X Men comics, is like mm-hmm. so good because he really writes him as this terrifying sociopath villain who's got like as like fairly like omnipotent powers if you think about it like yeah. the, being the master of magnetism is actually like oh. a there's a pretty you can do a lot with that mm-hmm. so well i mean there's iron in your blood right here that oh fuck man hey that's the one of the best parts of x2 because i always thought about that when i was a kid i was like hey you have you have metal in your blood and they did it in, they did it in the fucking movie and it's like amazing even though it's like <laughs> is there that much in your body no well he was injected before yes though, with yeah like to load a him up boost yeah yeah so that's pretty cool that is very cool and, and then you see him like shittily float <laughs> yeah uh part of the thing is like Ian mckellen is so frail he's such a he's, he's an know, old man he's an old man in those movies it's like yeah i mean maybe it's like where fassbender does fill in the role he's 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 got I was some, gonna say Maybe they should recast Ian McKellen as uh, Michael Fassbender. He would maybe do a good job with Magneto. Yeah. <laughs> no. I wonder if they've ever considered that. Fuck. So uh, since you asked, Jarrett, uh, yeah. do you know who my favorite hero and villains are? Nope. I like Gambit. Oh, you. I think Gambit RJ, no, is not, cool. not Gambit. Or is that because of the cartoon? Yeah. Did so, you did you go around and call girls Shari? Jerry, uh, I didn't. Uh, but if I was cool enough, I probably would. Um, yeah. So all of my my picks are all based on the '90s cartoon. Bullshit. So Gambit for sure. I know a friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, was a, a Cyclops man uh, himself. Oh man. Maybe not like favorite, but he did have a drawing of Cyclops on his door. That was pretty cool. Scott Summers, Cyclops is oh, he's so he's such a cop. Okay, I'll, I'll win you over with my, my villain picks. You know who my two favorite villains are? Sauron. 
Uh, no, uh, oh, Mr. I, Sinister. You, you, you totally cut out there. Whatever you when after, after I said Sauron, I didn't hear anything you said. Oh, I said from the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> the the pterodactyl man. Oh, he's pretty cool. Uh, it's similar. I really like Mr. Sinister because he did he did some team ups with the pterodactyl man. So, is it Sauron from X Men? Maybe. Let me I'm see. I'm pretty sure it's Sauron. Yeah, it's Sauron, but he's in Carl Lycos. Sauron. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He's, he's he's OG. He's from like the Neil Adams era of X Men. Mm-hmm. He the, he had some cool play the in the Savage uh, Lands. The cartoon. Yes. Yeah. So Mr. So Mr. have you ever like play. read like Mr. Sinister comics though? I own some, but I've never read them. Okay. I'm just I'm so Mr. Sin- so Mr. So yeah, Mr. Sinister looks cool, but he yeah. and, and in the cartoon he works. But man, in the actual comics, he's like a very different character. Like he's kind of a goof. Kind of shitty. Yeah. Okay, well, I think he looks cool. And okay. uh, my other one that uh, is similar to that, and uh, I've never read any of these comics either, but just based on the uh, cartoon, uh, I always really liked Omega Red. Oh, yeah. So Omega Red, again, Omega Red looks awesome. Yeah, he looks cool. But he's he's a terrible yeah. character. I'm sure. I, I, and that one I, I can accept with complete confidence. It's like yeah. he probably does suck. Yeah. But he looks cool. What, what about Apocalypse? Apocalypse was cool in the cartoon. Yeah, cause I, for uh, sure. Because he had a particular way of talking like this. Like a lisp? Oh, kind of like this. Like he's got like a dislocated jaw. <laughs> but it was menacing at the same time. Yeah, well, he's, he was loud. I mean, he's in no way mm-hmm. dark side or anything. Well, not at all. In no way would anyone think that. No. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's um. Or Thanos. <laughs> what do you think about... Unis the Untouchable. Is he a cool uh, X-Men villain? Ooh. Now you're getting some deep cuts. U-N-U-S the Untouchable? Uh, I'm trying to remember who that is. Unus. Like, it's like anus, Unus. but with the U. Oh. oh, hey, what about Modok? Modok's pretty cool. He's not really X-Men. No? No. He's like a, or Marvel, he's like, he's like a Captain America villain. Oh. I, I would say. Unis. Yes. He's like... He's like an original character too, but man, fuck. He legally oh, changed cool. his name to Gunter Bane. You, Gunter Bane? Apparently, uh, he's Italian, RJ, fittingly. He's Italian? Do you think he was aggressive with women in any way? Uh, you'd have to decide for yourself. Okay. How, how do you okay. feel about the TO virus? Uh, that's the timeout virus, right? Yep. Is that from House of M or is that from a different one? Uh, Genosha. Genosha? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know, dude. I never ne- or, actually or read Or a.k.a. Necrosha. Necrosha? That sounds even that, worse. That was a crossover. Hmm. A friend of mine, Cam, he's been buying up those X-Men trades. And there was like probably from the more recent era. So there was the Grant Morrison stuff that was uh, pretty good with some spotty artwork but mm-hmm. then there came the ed brubaker run and mm-hmm. then that was followed by matt fraction and it kind of between the yeah. two of them there was like a period of time where they were doing these really great crossovers messiah complex and second coming and they like mm-hmm. really hit on the wickedness of 90s x comics when x-men mm-hmm. was like garbage but so good yeah like the, it was like the best drawn you had like joe Matarera drawn x-men 
Oh, that's a, good a, stuff. Age of Apocalypse. Actually, there you go. Age of Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Uh, yeah, Age yeah. Of, the Age of Apocalypse stuff specifically. When there was uh, when you had Wolverine who had like his hand cut off, but he had like he had this stump because I can't remember how he lost his hand, but it never regrows. And then there's this badass part where uh, his claws pop out of the stump at like a at the big moment at the end. Was it a the, bone claw? Uh, I think they were still adamantium because fatal attraction never happens in the age of apocalypse timeline. Because right. are you familiar with how uh, Legion, the son mm-hmm. of Xavier, traveled back and killed Xavier? So Xavier's dream never comes to fruition. And so apocalypse takes over because the X-Men never form. And then Magneto becomes the default leader and becomes the Charles Xavier stand-in. And hmm. he goes by Joseph, and he has long white hair. And then during the collapse of the Age of Apocalypse, when it gets all wrapped up nice and tidy, Joseph slips through the time stream, as does Dark Beast. Dark Beast? Yeah. I'm seeing Dark Beast. Dark, Dark, Dark Beast is cool. a – yeah, he's green as opposed to blue? Um, Perhaps. Green, gray, something like that? Perhaps. That's, Evil Hank I mean, that does sound cool. I, I think we've forgotten probably the coolest X-Men villain, Bonebreaker. Bonebreaker. What, I thought you were about to say Morph. A lot of people have like <laughs> a – people, people have a big soft spot for Morph, the character who was created strictly for the animated series. The animated show. And then like yeah. they killed him off immediately, but he wound up becoming popular. <laughs> and people were like, you did him uh-huh. dirty. And then they brought him back and had this whole explanation of it. Bring uh, back Morph. And then they actually introduced him in the comics, in the Exile series. One of uh, uh, listen, sometimes listener of the show, Devin Vincent. He is all about Exiles and Morph and Blink. Uh, I know Blink. Yeah. And Morph's cool. Did you search Bonebreaker yet? No. You should You should check out Bonebreaker. Bonebreaker. And this is the last one I'll say. Okay. Bonebreaker. He's from that storyline. Uh, yeah. He's part of the Reavers. Oh man, yeah, I don't, I don't really know this species cyborg. Well, he his top oh, half is person and his bottom half is tank. yeah. I remember that toy. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I mean, cool. it's cool, but shit. Yeah, it's cool because oh, it's shit. Yeah, yeah, the Reavers. Yeah, they showed up in a. I was reading something like an ex, like a Wolverine comic of sorts in the the Bonebreaker, Bonebreaker, I guess, or the Reavers. They just showed up. Wolverine was fighting them, and I went. Yeah, that's some X Men familiarity right there. Oh, it's it's the good stuff, man. Man, oh shit! I, I just like clicked on a line of uh, like vintage toys. They got Silver Samurai oh. here. They got they got, they got like an animated like DCU animated Flash. Those like three don't have anything to cool. do with one another, but do they have a morph? Uh, they did do a morph toy that was highly. Remember Bishop. How you feel about I do, Bishop? I do remember Bishop. He was a remember prominent. Bishop and Forge were both in the uh, animated series for a while. That... Who does? Okay. So if you look up Morph X-Men, a lot of like stills from the animated show show up. And it's like, oh, yeah, this, like when he's like appearing human. Uh, Well, yeah. So Morph was there at the start and yeah. killed him. And then he comes back later on. Yes. I think he's with Mr. Sinister or something where he wears the trench coat. Yes. And, and he looks kind of alcoholic. Oh, but what does he look like in these stills? Oh, are you talking about these like faceless ones? No, 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 no. Faceless, I like. It's the oh, when he has a human face. Yes, I mean that's how I I remember him from from the show. Right, man. What are you trying to say? Well, I'm just saying, like, does he look kind of like? Uh, 
Is it like Vernon from the Ninja Turtles? Oh, yeah. He does look like Vernon. Who apparently is getting his own toy after all these years. There's never been a Vernon toy? Nope. Mm. Now there will be a Vernon toy, apparently. Or maybe there was, and they're re-releasing it. Oh, there is. From like 1992. A Vernon? I never had a Vernon. Are you going to get a Vernon? Is that what you're telling me here? No. Look at this toy. His like disheveled tie. Are you sending it to me? And he's got like a jerk off hand and he's taking pictures. Excuse Uh, me? Hey, look it up. Excuse me? Look it up. Oh shit, they make a there's a variant toy that NECA's doing where he, where he's like wo- werewolf Vernon. That must have where? been an episode. Uh yeah, he turns into a werewolf in an app. I remember that. I think. And then there's like I think April O'Neil's boss, the, the like fat guy. Oh yeah, yeah, in the movie she was re- uh, they recast oh. uh that boss as Whoopi Goldberg. Oh okay. The oh, Michael Bay movies. Look at these toys. Vernon Fenwick kit bash. I can't see any of these toys. I know. That's fine. And then there's like, is that like another character from the Ninja Turtles that I don't remember? Is this be Janine? Janine? You don't know Janine? Well, I know Janine Janine from Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Wasn't that April's roommate? But it's like, uh, her name's not Janine. And she was really clumsy and like fell over all the time. Oh. Yeah. That was Janine, I believe. And uh, there was that episode where they had the pizzas that were actually aliens, uh, actually the xenomorphs from Alien. Right. How come no one cosplays uh, as Janine, do you think? I'm sure they do. Or no, like, Janine was Ghostbusters. Yeah, Janine right? is Ghostbusters, but did she, like, she, April O'Neil had like, a, a roommate that looked like Janine. Yeah, she She's was nerdy, Janine, I, I think. With a top knot. And... It was a crossover. I don't know. Probably not, but in Ooh, my mind it man, was. That's some nostalgia. Looking at these Rat King toys. Hey, I like the Rat King. The Rat King was see now we're getting into TMNT, which I have a few. You know my uh my favorite TMNT uh, character and toy, Mutagen Man. Do you know him? I think I'm looking at him right now. And he's He's basically... like a tank. Oh. With well, he's a tank with arms and legs, and then there's a floating like it's a spine with eyeballs. Oh yeah, yeah, I had that toy. Yeah, Mutagen Man's awesome. I got one yeah. in the closet if you ever want to give it a rip. Oh yeah, no, I'm. Oh yeah, Mutagen Man was a really cool toy. Fucking right, he was. But there's, there, but there's like a Toxic Avenger looking guy. Uh, uh, he had like uh, a manhole foot and a banana peel for a hat. I have that guy too. I have that guy too. If you ever want to check him out. Oh, uh, what about Mondo? Do, how about Mondo Gecko? I actually do have a Mondo Gecko. Good. Uh, I have a Mondo Gecko. Muck, um, was it Muckman or something? Muckman uh, from the one with the uh, yeah. Then, Muckman has yeah. the he, he was, and he had like a garbage can alien guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. <sighs> man, what man, are we oh, doing? Man. Uh, what? <laughs> I don't know. This is better them. than Criterion movies. Though. I think so. definitely. Man, who's I'm trying to Irma? Is it Irma's Irma? Irma. It was Irma. You. You are it was use- Irma. Useless. I'm not useless. You're useless. Irma. Did you have a Technodrome? Did, I did. did you have any friends? Uh, no, I did not. Someone I did know. Friends? Uh, not a friend. It was like one of those guys I wish was like, I would I would have wanted to be their friend to play at their Technodrome, but I wasn't cool enough to be their friend. It really sucked. I see. So that stunk. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, Lawrence had the Ghostbusters... Uh, tower tower someone had 
the Ninja Turtle sewer system. I uh, so I don't know if I, you knew this, but several years ago, I actually bought secondhand a bunch of TMNT toys, mm-hmm. and uh, it had it came with two sewer sets. Ooh. two separate ones one was the collapsible case that you could carry with you and one was just kind of a big set set uh i sold those two because they were like they were hard to keep yeah. uh but i did keep like the cool stuff like mutagen man and muck man because why not that's cool stuff so those are our favorite x-men heroes and villains mutagen man hey any thoughts on the trailer for the new bat matt reeves batman movie i thought we talked about it last week yeah, uh, we did. Um, I think it looks cool. I think you said it looked like a Christopher Nolan fare. movie. It looked like a Christopher yeah. Nolan movie, which is questionable. We'll see. It didn't blow me away or hit me like that Joker trailer did. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I think it looks cool. I am definitely on board to see it. It's one of the only movies I actually want to see in the future. So, Foodie question of the week. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't hate many foods, but I do hate Jell-O. Jiggly, rubbery-looking food is just not for me. How about you? Uh, I think there's other jiggly, wiggly foods that I do enjoy, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I haven't had Jello in a long time. I don't feel like taking a deep dive and eating some Jello. If it not, was, not if, anytime soon. If it was like in a plastic cup at like an sure. event, and it was just there, I'd go, "Ooh, Jello!" And then I, I, I would have some. I guess, yeah. Sure. I have no okay. I have no hate toward the Jello. That's fair enough. And finally, after watching Hobo with a Shotgun recently, I started having an interesting conversation on Letterboxd about the different eras of exploitation filmmaking, which is one of my blind spots. I figured Hobo was inspired from 70s films, but I've heard it feels more like an 80s trauma film. This mm. then led me to be curious about checking out Jess Franco's work for Halloween movie season coming Uh-oh. up. Oh, Justin. I recall Jared being the expert in this area, so I was curious to hear what you think are a few good entry-level films of his. Thanks for your time. Have a great show. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 well. Why don't you just start him off soft? Give him like two or three like what easy is... access. Jess Franco. Uh, what have, have I made you watch Franco yet? I've watched a few. Okay, what did I what did I give you? Uh, Jesus Franco. Let me see what I've actually seen. Yep, and then. Because I've only I've seen I think three or uh, sort by. Listen to us on the internet. The ones I've seen, where are they? I don't know how. They'd watched. Oh no, that's not show. Watched films. Uh, all. God damn it! What is all this shit? Uh, I've only seen she killed an ecstasy. Oh, okay. So I thought I had seen more, but that's yeah, what well, RJ. Okay, Let's and take... I believe I liked it. Okay, so Justin, keep in mind that uh, some of these films do go into softcore, and perhaps some might even say hardcore territory. Uh, hardcore what? Sex. Wow. Yeah, there's some definitely some vagina on display in some of these films. Uh, okay. Yeah. So my three picks for uh, a novice mm-hmm. Franco's men would be, well, I'd say awful Doctor Orloff, followed by the Doctor mm-hmm. or diabolical Doctor Z, and mm-hmm. then Succubus. I think. What about uh, Vampiris Lesbos? That you got to work your way up to that. 
because I don't know if we've ever discussed, but I believe that is the like, it's it's crazy. You posted a picture from that movie like four years ago, mm-hmm. and we still get likes from, of it today. Like sometimes I get notifications Some that pretty, people are liking that picture. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great image. So uh, wild, Jared. And then I mean, like after that, then you kind mm-hmm. of graduate. Maybe like a transition point would be Count Dracula. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there's that one uh, weird, like, experimental film that was made using footage in and around Count Dracula, Cuac oh. du Vampire or whatever, which I think is actually amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, She Killed an Ecstasy would be next. And then, yeah, Female Vampire. Yeah, I Killed an Ecstasy is good. It's real cool. It's cool. And then uh, I would also probably one of the best movies of his I for me. That really nails whatever Franco becomes later on is Lorna, the exorcist. But perhaps Sam Sanchez has some thoughts as well on his Franco viewing. He He's another authority on that. You two guys uh, yeah. have the market cornered. We're working on our PhD, you know. Well, <laughs> well why not? In perversity. Uh, all right. Hey, RJ. Yes. What you been creeping on this week? I actually watched a movie. First, though, uh, thank you to everyone who emailed in. It's nice to hear from new times, long times, and for all times, right? All Not calling time. Richard Seaton email in this time, but, uh, you know, can't win them all. Uh, what the fuck are we talking about? Oh, I watched a movie, Jarrett. And then I'll hit you with some DS9. So do you know about The Way Back, Jarrett? Uh, nope. <laughs> you don't know from The Way Back? No. Okay, so this is directed by Gavin O'Connor, the man who brought us Warrior, Miracle, and The Accountant, the oh. autism superhero movie starring Ben Affleck. Okay. So uh, the way back, Jared, is so a Ben the, Affleck. The only movie. reason I know about this movie at all, like the only yeah. thing, is that you watched it recently, and it seemed uh-huh. to uh, check a lot of boxes. Oh, it checked a lot of boxes, Jared. I checked more than a lot of boxes. This thing was hitting me in all sorts of places that I didn't know existed. Uh, the big, I'd say the big mark on this movie was this is one of the very first uh, COVID cancellations because this thing was going to go out into theaters, I think, late March or early April or something like that. And uh, because of COVID, it got dumped onto on demand. Uh, and like it was on prime to, for, to rent for a last little while. And I was like, I almost did it, but I was like, nah, I'll just wait. So the way back, Jared, is almost kind of like a Ben Affleck story of himself, in a way. So uh, Ben Affleck plays a old uh, alcoholic former Catholic. Uh, he is a dude who, uh, in his high school, he was uh, he was like an all-star basketball player. He played for a little Catholic school. He was all-star basketball player, and he also. Um, uh, he like had like lots of like scholarships and things like that. Everyone thought he was going to go be like a huge star, but he turned a lot of them down. And now you flat, you kind of jump forward. He's 45 or something like that. He's an alcoholic. He, uh, he's, he works in a construction job, but he doesn't really like it. He's got no kind of like uh, partner or anything. He's just a sad, sad man, Jared. He's kind of wandering on his own. You know, you know what that's like? I know, I know what I feel about that. Uh, I know some people like this, actually. 
Yeah, there's a there's a few. There was actually some comments were made about uh, some of his drinking habits. Uh, so I watched this movie with Andy, and uh, he has this old trick. He had like a flat of beer in his fridge, like 24 beer, and uh, he stayed up all night drinking his beer Stephen King style. But what he would do is he'd put a beer in the freezer. Every time he'd grab a beer, he'd put one in the freezer, uh, <laughs> and then okay, wait. He would have one in the freezer. He'd take it out to drink it, and he'd put one from the fridge into the freezer. And by the grab the one from the freezer and then put another one in the freezer. So he kept shifting, like putting one in the freezer, so it was like optimum, optimal coldness by the time he was ready to drink it. And uh, I was watching this with Andrea, and she looked at me and she said, "Oh yeah," she said, "I know that trick." <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've cooled down some beers in the freezer once or twice yeah uh some of them maybe even exploded once or twice but i don't really want to talk about that so anyways he's a good catholic alcoholic boy uh he is he's he's rudderless man he's got no direction um and then his old high school calls him and they're like what are you doing are you busy they're like our high school basketball coach had a heart attack he's gone and they're like we just need someone to kind of finish out the season are you around are you available <laughs> we don't have anyone else uh so what do you think he does Jared? he goes back. goes back and he's not really the coach type because he's an alcoholic guy so he's drunk <laughs> sometimes and he's swearing at the kids and the other teammates but uh you know maybe uh the true journey is the friendships that they make along the way and maybe the kids teach him more than he teaches them you know what i mean jer pretty pretty terrific uh so he goes in this failing team and then uh they kind of help him out he helps them out and he starts to turn thing around turn things around they become a winning team again but don't you know alcoholics man they always they always kind of fall back on it and uh they always end up hurting the people that they love so uh this is catholic guilt times multiplied by alcoholism which is all of my boxes that that, that is a winning formula that is a winning formula. This movie is entirely predictable. Uh, when we started it, Andrew was like, I bet this scene is in it. And I'll go, I bet there's going to be this scene. And I said, if it's not word for word like that, I was like, I'll give you a hundred bucks. And then it ha- happens. Like, you know, one kid who's uh, a shining star, but quiet, but then can't make all the practices. And then it's like, I bet his dad doesn't want him to be a basketball player because he was a basketball player and it didn't get him anywhere. And I mean, that's what happens. Um, so it's entirely predictable, but at the same time, there's comfort in that, I think. And, uh, it just kind of falls into this category of like sports movies that, uh, you know, what's going to happen more or less, but, uh, you're still along for the ride. Uh, I did like the alcoholic coach thing. I feel like that's something that I haven't seen too often in these movies. So, uh, and I think Ben Affleck fits the role like really well because he's super puffy and he's, he's an alcoholic in real life. So like, <laughs> like he is, he is. So, um, he knows what's up. The struggle is I real. Bet, I bet that beer trick was something that he was doing for real. And he's like, we should add this scene where I just keep popping one in the freezer, drink, drink the one I have and then keep cycling. It's a good trick. Uh, so yeah, this movie's good. I liked it. Uh, it's, it's like I said, it's entirely predictable, but, uh, 
uh, it was good, a good watch. And one thing I did like, I think you would actually appreciate is there's not a lot of sports in, in this movie, which I actually was surprised by. Like when they start their first game, there's a big build up, build up, build up to it. And then the game starts, the whistle blows, and then it shows you the final score. So you don't actually even see any of the basketball. It just wow. kind of like jumps. And, uh, I actually kind of liked that for like some, some of the presentation. I was like, that's neat. Cause it's not about the game. It's about alcohol. <laughs> what a what a string of movies this director he has these big gaps though like huge like yeah he, yeah real big well i mean between miracle and oh, warrior pride and pride gap. and glory yeah you can't win them all i guess i mean i i don't even think you've seen this movie rj no i know about pride and glory though and it's got your it and it's got while. your boy jean the voight I was going to say John Voight. Uh, it's also got Noah Emmerich. He's, uh, you know, he was the best friend in the Truman Show. Everyone likes that guy. Frank Grillo. Oh. <laughs> lots of lots of people. No, I, I had that movie on DVD. I bought it, I think, when Blockbuster went out of business. And then I never ended up watching it. And then I think I donated it, like, a year ago. So, Frank Grillo. Yeah, he's a person people like, I guess. Is that kind of like when people were really into Edward Norton? Oh, my God. There's an Edward Norton movie on Crave that uh, when you read the description, I was like, that can't be a real is, movie. What is it? Motherless Brooklyn? Oh, yeah. I like. <laughs> we saw it popped up and we're like, what is this about? And we read the description. And we're like, what? It's like Edward Norton because he directed it. Okay. Too. It's like, let let me read. Let, allow me to read. Yeah, um, go, go for it. New York City, 1957. Lionel S. Rog. Whoa, Rog. Oh, that's weird. A private detective living with Tourette syndrome tries to solve the murder of his mentor and best friend, armed only with vague clues and the strength of his obsessive mind. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you've heard of Motherless Brooklyn, I take it. I have I remember when people were talking about it in a window of time. Only th- mm-hmm. only three people that I follow have seen it. Well, I, I plan on watching it sometime in the future. I, I might not watch that uh, Charlie Kaufman movie, but I'll, <laughs> I'll for sure watch uh, Motherless Brooklyn. Oh, it's based on a Jonathan Lethem screenplay? I think or so, something, yeah. Or a novel or some shit. Okay. Something of the sort. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's so, why it was on my radar. Cause I think it was a book recently or something. And then maybe it was like, oh, Edward Norton's all over that. Mm-hmm. yeah there's a uh, yeah interesting what else you got what else you got for me uh well that's all i have about the way back okay pretty good uh i got some ds9 Jarrett. okay do you want to hear about season one of ds9 <laughs> so you're, you've watched seven through 22 no it's actually only 20 episode oh, season that's more reasonable yeah, so uh, I watched six episodes last week, and then I watched 14 episodes this week. Don't ask me why. It just happened. Don't ask okay. you how. Don't ask me how I managed to do this. Just trust that it happened, okay? Okay. So I am a whole season d- down now. I have a better grasp on DS9, I believe. Uh, and th- I'm going to lay it to you on straight, Jared. So... 1.06 was uh, the Q episode that I had alluded to before. And what did I put here? Oh, no, wait. That was 
No, wait, these are all off again. Okay, 1.07 is the Q episode. Okay, I got to follow. Uh, I got I got to pull this up here. You go ahead. I am IMDb uh, their their episodes are off. So, 1.07 Everyone wants that Vosh oh, two yeah. out of four stars. Yeah. So Q and Vosh uh, appear, and uh, everyone everyone wants Vosh. It's it's just it's just how it is. She's still hung up on Picard, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, episode. Uh, it's like early day introduction to Q. There's one thing in this episode that's like real dumb. Q and uh, Cisco have an old school style boxing match, and I was like, "What is this about?" I was like, "This is weird." Anyways, okay uh 1.08 do symbiote slugs have a soul three out of four stars oh finally <laughs> finally a three I, I'll, I'll tell you this jerry uh for season one of ds9 i i'd say 90 percent of my ratings are two out of four Ooh. and so it's like i said last week they're okay i uh I, i'm getting a feel for the show it's just uh i think coming off hot of tng actually really enjoying tng this is like i don't want to say a step back but uh, it's definitely more reserved so it's like we're we're building up but uh do symbiote slugs have souls so uh dax gets put on trial for a murder that the last um host committed and then it's like it's like a sins of the father type of situation mm-hmm. it's pretty good is my body slug responsible for that of the person exactly and it's uh there's a big debate on whether the slug like what the relationship is between the two and they kind of settle on it's each time it's a new thing and it changes whoa whoa, both whoa, of whoa. that's great okay so i'm just like looking at this so the teleplay for this was mm-hmm. written by dc fontana where do i know that name from uh who worked on the original star trek series a lot <laughs> oh okay so do you think like was that guy dude still alive at she, this time or do you think she, it was like dorothy or Catherine do you think Fontana? that this this uh dudette was still alive at this time or do you think it was like a, well, she only uh, died last year Lord. Oh, okay yeah did she write more ds9 because this was a good episode she I'd like worked to see on some next that. generation she was an associate producer credit experience soured their relationship and resulted uh apparently there was some bitterness with next generation mm-hmm. And then she did work on some – she wrote an episode of DS9, which you just watched. And she mm-hmm. also wrote an episode of the Star Trek fan-made series, Star Trek New Voyages. Well, that's cool. I uh, I had no idea. I recognized the name, but I didn't know why. Yeah, because you'd seen it a lot watching the original series. Yeah. 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 Uh... That's that's what it is. I just couldn't remember. This was the first uh, good, like real good episode of DS9, I think, because it was the one where I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, this is what I'm this is a Star Trek that I like uh, these questions of morality mm-hmm. and and like whether or not people had like hold accountability and responsibility for things. I was like, oh, yeah, this is the uh, political uh, thriller that I'm, I'm on board for. So good episode, Jared. Cool. One point oh nine. A dead guy, one out of four stars. <laughs> this was a real, real stinker. Uh, so is this, this episode is this a Bashir episode. Yes. Uh, so this is uh, the passenger. Uh, so they they like find a ship that like everyone's dead, or there's a fire on it that docks. So Bashir goes over, and uh, he's 
he sees a lady and the lady's like, don't open that door. There's a prisoner in there. And he's like, he's like, damn it. There's life vital signs in there. I won't let a man die. So he, uh, he goes in and the guy's dead anyways. And the lady's like, I told you not to go in there. And then what happens is Bashir is brainwashed or mind controlled for the whole episode. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> and he becomes a baddie. Uh, and it's just like, I don't like those episodes anyways, but especially I don't like Bashir. I, I find him, annoying and like i think i said before i think he's his character is like dumb not a dumb character but his character plays dumb sometimes and then also uh, i don't think that guy's a very good actor so i'm not, I'm not on board with Bashir. he maybe he gets better yeah i don't think it's his acting because i don't think just what he's given yeah this ep- if well this episode of like taken in isolation you're like this Bashir guy he's not one of my guys uh, so this was a, a, a whole stack of shit that I was not on board with, like between the the mind control, uh, between the just like Bashir centric stuff. I was like, Ugh. I was like, I'm not on board with this. Not really. So that was a bad one. Uh, first one star of DS9. So that's good. Get it out of the way. Was... Yeah, get it out of the way. There... I, I don't remember this episode at all. It's probably for the best. Uh, but there's no other one stars this season, so that's good. Ooh, good. But lots uh, of two. Lots, lots of two. They're almost all twos. Uh, and that's fine. So like I said, I, uh, I'm on board regardless. I know it gets better. Uh, allegedly. But it's allegedly, allegedly. Um, one, 110, Handlebar Mullet Gamblor, two out of four stars. <laughs> so Gamblor makes another appearance. Uh, and he's a handlebar mullet biker, and they play a game with Quark. And uh, the characters in the game are Cisco, Dax, um, what's her name, Kiara. Yeah, it's okay. Pretty standard fare. Uh, One eleven. O'Brien substitute teaches with the Nagus. Three out of four stars. Ah, Nagus. Because I like the Nagus. I think he's pretty cool. That's a Wallace Shawn. Yeah, Wallace Shawn. As soon as as soon as he talks, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. So I like the Nagus as a character. I think he's fun. I, I like the expanding world of the Ferengi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've noticed too. There's trends where it's like, um, whatever the new introduced alien is in one series, they become a focus in the next series. So like Klingons in original series became more of a focus in TNG. Ferengi and introduced in TNG are more of a focus here. And then whatever Dax is like with the little cheetah print like things. I know Voyager has a main character of that, whatever that is, you know, the cheetah print head, mm-hmm. whatever that thing is just a, a thing I've noticed. One twelve. Odo has a field trip. Two out of four stars. <laughs> that That's all. There's not much oh, else to say about it. Oh, that episode. Oh, well, it's, they're like, a guy says he knows where Odo came from. And then I was like, Odo doesn't know where he came from. So they're building his character a little yep. bit. He thinks he's the only one. Yes. Uh, and I was like, okay, that's, it, it's, it's good ideas. I think it'll build to more interesting storytelling later. Uh, for this episode, it was just kind of a two out of four. Uh, 113, Mike Ermintrout in Purgatory, two out of four stars. Ah, uh, Yes. Which, again, not a bad episode, but uh, nothing yeah, nothing that'll blow your dick yeah, off. Yeah, this is not a... Yeah, this episode's a lot of meh. I kind of actually do yeah. remember this. Because, like, yeah, it's a bunch of, like, guys you're never going to see ever again yeah. on, 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 a, in, on a battle planet. They're on a battle planet, and they can't die. 
and their thing is that it's two conflicting armies that hate each other, so yep. they kill each other every day, and then they get they like they come back. Uh, they come back and the they next fight day again because it's yeah. a whole, yes, yeah. It's uh, it feels like a throwback episode. Yeah, I was just surprised to see Mike Roman Trout. I was like, cool, that's neat. Uh, so this one one fourteen could be a one star, but I gave it a two. Uh, <laughs> Jake and Nog v Moses. Uh, mm-hmm. Two out of four stars. So we get some Jake and Nog stuff, and they become a lot more uh, focused in the next couple episodes. Uh, but then also uh, O'Brien goes to a planet, and he becomes a shaman <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> and you go, okay, <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, 115, Bajorans, the moral compass of the universe two out of four stars this episode was actually not bad there's like a, a bajoran moon and it's going to get destroyed and there's a couple bajorans there who won't leave so kira has to like try to convince him to go yep it's not bad but uh, the side story in this one is a jake and nog uh doing business thing and it kind of brings the episode down yeah. well they're you know they're trying to appeal to the the younger demographic and they're like hey jake and nog they're trending they're yeah everyone likes jake and nog. Those, those, Why those, not? those quarters of jake and nog they do real they do good numbers it's good good demographics oh, yeah. so oh, yeah yeah that's uh that, that seems like why you get back to back jaking there's there's a lot and even in the next couple episodes jake and nog are pretty prominent mm-hmm. um and that's fine 116 bashir the incel also full body burns two out of four stars uh, so this is one where I think it was, um, what it was, was everyone's fantasies like the whole station got turned into a hollow deck. Right. And then everyone's fantasies were materialized. And then you just found out that oh. Bashir really wants to get down with, uh, that's, Dax. Okay. That's one of the cool things too on DS9 that I like the idea that Quark runs the hollow decks and it's hollow like, and, and sweets, sweets. They're and they're for fucking, yeah. they're for, they're, they're for yep. fucking RJ. I, I wouldn't have used those words, but uh, it's exactly it's exactly that. And of course, Quark would use them that yeah. way. Well, it's like if you get that technology. It's probably quite a probably a, a fortune to get it. But he's got him. It's like this is how I make my money. It's it's just how he does it. How he does it. So platinum, gold pressed platinum. No. Uh, so not bad, not bad. But uh, you know, what are you gonna do? It just shows that Bashir like wants to. The, the episode had a lot of stuff where it was like. He was in, I know I use incel pretty loosely, but there was actually a thing where like Dax turns him down and she's like, go have a cold shower. And he's like, it doesn't work. I know from experience. And you go, ew. (laughs) Cause you're like gross. So uh, that one, I'm pretty confident Bashir is an incel. Uh, 117. Oh God. (laughs) Troy. Oh yeah. I was like, I was like, oh no. Uh, so this is a two out of four. It actually, it wasn't bad for Voxana episodes. It was one of the better ones because it's just her and Odo trapped in an elevator. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a good Odo episode. Voxana being there is whatever, but it's good for Odo because uh, he's like melting and he's just like, he's like, I'm a monster. And then and oh, it's uh, like, he's, all, he's all flaky. Yeah, because every 16 hours he has to rest in his bucket, right? Yes, yeah. Which is yeah. like... So we haven't talked about Odo's bucket enough yet. Uh, his uh, bucket is one of, the, I think, probably one of the best character traits of any Star Trek character. Yeah. That he needs to return to a liquid form and rest in a bucket for eight hours a night. 
It's awesome. There's that episode with Jake and Nog where Nog pretends to throw Odo's fluid bucket on Jake. It's not actually Odo, but he pretends. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, damn, <laughs> Nog, you freaky as hell, dude. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Odo's, um, I don't know about Odo. I like him. There's nothing I don't like about him yet. Uh, like he's a good straight man so far. But uh, yeah, the bucket characteristic is uh, very good. I like it a lot. All right, what else we got here? Uh, oh, maybe I mixed up. Mixed no, up. You're, you're doing good. Okay. Uh, one. Okay, I, I remember now. 118, station-wide brainwash, two out of four stars. I don't, I'm not a big brainwash guy, and this is a station-wide one. Uh, when it was first playing out, I thought uh, uh, Kira was actually doing a coup d'etat against Cisco, and I was like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. what's going on here? But everyone on the station gets all weird. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, all right, whatever. Uh, 119, Jarrett. The judge from Ghostbusters 2 yeah. oversees the Nuremberg trials. Four out of four. Yeah, stars. duet. <laughs> so this is a, a very good episode. Yes. Yeah, because this is the, one the, uh, the war criminal, right? The uh, war criminal. Go- yep. Yeah. Gondar the, plot the, or the, something the, like the, that. Uh, I believe I'm looking it up now. Butcher of Galatep labor camp. Yeah, it's like yeah. This is like where the the political stuff is really interesting. Oh yeah, like, like with the Cardassians yeah. and like an occupying force. No. Yeah, I I can I can see why that storyline is like like it's perfect for Star Trek and it's a perfect like allegory to like so Cardassians are German World War Two Germans in a sense. I mean, they're kind of like an amalgam of the bad countries. I bad, guess. Yeah, like, dictatorship countries yeah and like, like you yeah. know the ones like we'd be like you know north korea uh nazi germany uh iran uh yeah. the ayatollah stuff like that it's like it's like amalgam of like you know all the things that are like these aren't about freedom but it's like but it's debatable how who is free in their cultures because it seems like if you ask a kardashian mm-hmm. <laughs> not a kardashian but a kardashian the kardashians yes the, uh the, i'm sure some of them are enjoy their uh their way of life uh, and they're but they're, they're they're more like sneaky and there's a lot of more intrigue in their world mm-hmm. oh like has there been a lot of um the taylor garrick in all these episodes he came up one time and yeah. that was the one where i said bashir was really dumb because garrick yes. was like well, giving garrick... him intel and bashir was like huh yeah yeah garrick what? yeah garrick has like a, a special interest in bashir for whatever reason and they have some... sexual no they're they're pals oh, okay. they, they have conversations yeah Gar- garrick's uh i don't He's a good. Uh, he's probably one of the better characters as the series goes on, as well as uh, he's also played by Alex Robinson, the the dad from Hellraiser. The oh, uh, the dad from Hellraiser. Yeah, that's cool. no, yeah, not Frank, but the dad. That's Alex Robinson. He uh, yeah, he's he's a good Garrick. Yeah, I couldn't tell uh, him because he only came up in the one episode. I I think so. Like sometimes with the with the big Cardassian guys, like I can tell like. Or like with the Nagus, I was like, oh yeah, I know who that is. Um, and then this one too. As soon as I saw Gundar plot or whatever, I was like, I was like, that dude's from Ghostbusters. I rem- like he he has a really distinct voice. Getting back to Ghostbusters again because that's what this episode is about, I guess. Um, but yeah, this episode's awesome, man. Like it has really uh, interesting ideas about. Uh, I know I use Nuremberg trials all the time, but like, it's it's a it's a good like fixation point uh, like for reference uh really good ideas about like 
war and political like uh, agendas and then i think one thing that's really interesting is the cardassian guy was like uh he's like there was no actual deaths in the war camps he's like we just said there was and because the threat of it was worse than actually doing it because it kept you scared uh and like he fully believes it and mm-hmm. like even though uh is like no i was there i know what happened and he's like no that's how good we were we were so good at <laughs> deceiving you that you believed it and i was i was kind of just like i was like man that's like a pretty a pretty wild like idea to include here because it's like that's kind of the tactics that those those like states use totalitarian governments yeah, it, and those are the fake news guys, right? They're like, that's fake news. Now, don't like, be- don't uh, believe the me- don't believe your own eyes. Don't well, believe your well, own eyes. You got, it all goes back to how many lights, RJ? How many lights? How many lights? Uh, so I yeah, the the Cardassian stuff I actually really like because they're so evil uh, <laughs> and like manipulative that it, it's but it's it's done really well. Like it actually is. This episode is really well done. And then I think the ending to this episode, you're just like it takes a turn from being like a really kind of like taut political thriller. Yeah. I use the word taut. Uh, and then it turns into like a really sad episode and you go, Oh, Whoa. It, uh, cause I don't know if you remember how it ends. I don't know if I, I should spoil it, but it's, it's good. It's got a good ending. Ooh, a good, the good ending. So they it's played, they, they played, they played well. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that episode is very good. I'm liking the Cardassian stuff. The only thing I don't like, so I don't mind the Cardassian uh, makeup. Like I think their wigs all being the same is pretty funny, and I do like their little like neck barbs or bars that hang down. I don't like the thing in the center of their head, because it like it looks like a tongue scraper or something. It's just like this little cup in the very center of their head. I was like, I think they would look better without that. I think that's it was like it was a step too far, if you know what I mean, Jer. I guess they needed some something there, though. Otherwise, it's just a yeah. blank head. It's just a blank head. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a no-win situation, but uh, well, because yeah. they're because they're kind of reptilian, right? Kind of like so. The the things they have on the sides of their neck are kind of like uh, they're kind of like spines a yeah. little bit. They're pr- th- that part's pretty cool, and I like on the sides of their head they have like a, a frame. I like that too. It's just the thing right in the middle of their head. It's like I'm not. Too, super on board with that. I, lo- I love um, the uh, color coordination, though, like that desaturated black and blues and grays. Oh yeah, it's very, it fits uh, with their it's personality. Very, it's very Dune. It is. Oh, Dune. Um, one, one last. Yeah. So I, I like it too. It's pretty cool. Um, very good episode. Best of the show so far. And then one last one. End of season one. Keiko O'Brien v Religion. Two out of four stars. So uh, some of the Bajoran like um, shaman uh, go into Keiko's school and they want her to teach like that the wormhole is uh, the result of like religious creators. Mm-hmm. And like I think the idea is cool, but there's some there's some stuff in that episode that I think is a little bit like it's not fully executed. Per like is good. Some of it is good. I like the. I like the idea of what they're trying to do, but uh, I don't think it fully hits the uh, the mark. So that's just me, though, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just me. So that's season one of DS9. I don't know if I'll get a whole season in uh, next week. <laughs> a whole, well, I expect a whole season. It's only oh, 26 episodes. 26? Uh, I'll, I'll try to get 
half, but uh, I don't know if I'll be able to get half. We'll see. But I also, one of the other reasons I actually tried tried to like dig into it this week was because I had the realization too. I was like, holy shit, it's Creeptober in like three weeks. It's going to derail everything. Yeah, there's going to be very little Star Trek watching, if any. So I was like, I better fucking pile through as much as I can. Are you, you, how do you feel about a Vedic win? Vedic win? Which character is she, that? She's, she's the, uh, the spiritual leader. The, the, um, the Louise, she's a good, good, good old Louise Fletcher. Yeah, she's a good evil character. Yeah, I liked well, her, like, you're going to see a thoughts. whole lot of her because she's, oh. a, she, she is a uh, ongoing character in the Bajoran stuff. Yeah. Like, she's like one of the, like, not like a main character, but a supporting character. Yeah. And well, and that's what I think some of the I think the intentions with the episode are good where it's like I do think it's a good idea to uh, the plot of the shaman who is like kind of selfishly motivated to do things. But uh, I for the one episode, at least I was like, "Mm, they could have done that a little bit better. But yeah, DS9, man. It's only going to go uphill from here, I I believe. Uh, Yeah, I mean, season two, you've got. you got some stuff coming up. And then I think by season two, it should be locked in where you'll be like, huh, this is this is different. And then, uh, and, yeah. and then from that point on, it should be, uh, I mean, it's Star Trek. So there's always kind of like what you'd call filler episodes, I guess. Like there's always like the oh, Star Trek. We're going to explore what it means to be human. <laughs> and what no, is, I, and I what is, like what episodes. is law? Oh. I like that stuff though. I yeah. I actually think yeah. those are pretty well done. So but, I, I'm on board. Yeah. But then it does shift into like its own thing, where it's like these ongoing like big, big things. That's cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. What about you, Jared? Did you paint tinny minifigs this week? <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> anything cool? Anything new? Or no, just the same? Just the same old stuff. Nothing. Nothing to write home about. I painted some ghouls. Ooh, painted some, that's great. Some Grimwatch ghouls. That's what I did. That's about. That's maybe about all. A lot of setup, a lot of planning. Started painting some night haunt, painting uh, some cool ghosty things. But uh, really, though, I mean, what news is there to talk about? There was that Dune trailer. Yes, tell me what you think about Dune. We've talked about Uh, Dune. Well, it kind of reminded me of Blade Runner. Sure. In the way that it looks like a really empty movie and like just visually like it's just like lots of negative space <laughs> and it's like an absence you think though that's the intention or ah, fuck that's like all that is that his is that his aesthetic is mm-hmm. like voids it's just absences it's just like i don't know it, it's let me tell like... you about voids yeah and like the void in your soul mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of where i'm at and like I, I had a lot of there's a lot of callbacks to uh in my mind david lynch dune and I'm like, huh, so far this trailer hasn't differentiated it a lot. But, I mean, clearly they're adapting the same source material, so they're going to touch upon a yep. lot of similar things. I noticed uh, big Dave Batista in there. Ah, uh, yeah, Beast Ramen. Mm-hmm. Or Robin or something like that. It, his name's the Beast. Yeah, so He's the Harkonian nephew. So the Baron, that's his nephew, yeah. I believe. Okay. Yeah. Which is a cool character. Did mm-hmm. you like his uh, design? Ah, uh, yeah, from the little bits that you see of it, I think that's not too bad. I mean, like, they obviously a lot of effort has been yeah. poured into this movie, but man, just like, I seen like some people were like losing their mind over like a still from the trailer mm-hmm. of like a bunch of like army forces on a gray planet with ships, and they're like, holy shit, look at this. And I'm like, this just looks like a, a fucking boring science fiction, like, art concept, concept art book. 
And that I'm is like, what Dune is, though, you know? It's right. It's, it's a, kind of what it, it is. is. And I'm like, well, I'm not that excited about that in itself. I'm like, we've done mm-hmm. this before. Let's, uh, what, what is this movie going to be? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Shalomet, he is who he is. Not not yeah. not one of my uh, boys. So no, that, that's he, not. He's good. got nothing to offer. Yeah, that's not helping thing. Oscar Isaac's, I don't care about really. He he's got nice hair. He does very full head of hair and nice beard. But at yep. the end of the day, I'm just like, yeah. Remember remember Star Wars. What did you think of uh, your buddy Jason Momoa's Duncan Idaho? Oh yeah, he sucks. <laughs> he just looks <laughs> like... as a person or the or just in. This is as, as a screen presence. He's a he's a body. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I just see Roman Reigns every every time I see him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's okay, yeah. I guess. Big big hunky lunky dude of dark hair, Ugh, mm-hmm. shambling about. I was like, yeah, I don't care. I, yeah, yeah. He is. I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't have uh, charisma at all okay. to me. So I don't know. I am not excited. Well, I mean, that's probably in line with what people would have expected. Yep. What about you? Uh, so I think you and me have somewhat taken champions what, what, of David Lynch's Dune. What do we we have similar takes? Uh, yeah. So I think when I can't even remember when it was that I read Dune and and then talked watch, rewatched David Lynch's Dune and talked about it on the pod. I think it was a year ago, maybe or so but uh i think my read then was i was like i think dune is cool but i don't totally see where like where the like the gushing fandom comes from and i realize it's like well 50 years ago maybe maybe it was a bigger deal but i was like dune's okay dune's fine and then when i watch this trailer i i have that a similar opinion where it's like dune's okay dune's fine i see where the influences of stuff goes and i do like some of the like I do think the concept designs and like the costumes and stuff, it's all really cool. Um, like like you said, a lot of effort was put into it. So I think it looks interesting enough. I'll check it out. I don't I don't like Timothy Shalomon. I'm not sold on the sand, sandworms either. Mm. Like I don't really like the kind of whale brushy teeth stuff because I think that's gross. <laughs> and I mean I know they're giant worms, but uh, I kind of like David Lynch's worms. You know what I mean? Yeah. Either way, if as long as there's some worm riding, uh, the only the one thing I did notice from the trailer that I was a little bit like, mm, uh, this movie looks pretty packed, uh, and like I don't know if they have a runtime out for it yet, but I'd have a hard time believing that, that movie was anything about like less than four hours. Well, are they? I thought there were, there's some weird plan of making like two movies out of it, but I'm like, well, it looks like the david lynch version you've got the that recreation of that shitty final battle at night where they're just yeah. running at one another i'm like oh that's not exciting no so like based on what i saw it looks like it looks like the whole story um because there's certain things that like i know happen near the end they could you could stretch that out but i don't i don't know if there'd be like enough return in the in a sequel um like enough stuff held over for it the book ends really weird though like I think it's a 500 page book 400 pages of it is like i don't know walking through the desert building up like stuff and then in the last 100 pages everything happens so it just kind of all happens at once um it's just worm riding dude worm riding 
you hear about Mulan getting in trouble for genocide? No, I have not heard about this. I don't. Uh, I just saw headlines because that's all people do um, is read headlines. But uh, it was something like in the credits they thanked like the authorities in the city it was filmed, but those po- like that police or the authorities or whatever were also the ones who uh, ha- run that like concentration camp uh, in the next town or something like that. So a lot of people uh, were talking about canceling Disney this week. Cancel Disney, apparently, because, uh, you know, they support genocide. Oh. I guess. That seems within their uh, corporate philosophy. It's part of their eth- wheelhouse, no? And uh, ethics, yeah. Yeah. What else so, is new? What else is new? Genocidal Disney. <laughs> so, that's fun. Hey, what did you think of the body, uh, the vibration body armor in the Dune trailer? Because that's part of the book. They have, like, little shields. I don't know if you noticed that. Kind of. I mean, so the other thing, too, that's been annoying me today is uh-huh. Blade Runner 2049 has been trending because apparently in San Francisco it is very red. Oh, and oh, I see. And so all these people are showing all these things and making the joke, oh, this is my work, my walk to San Francisco today. Oh, look, it's Blade Runner 2049. I'm clever. But if I, I've seen this, like, dozens of times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, I see. The world's burning. Let's talk about Blade Runner. Well, those gender reveal parties are out of control, Jared. How things look cinematic. Yes, let's 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 blame the uh, the gender reveal party, <laughs> and not like the entire infrastructure of why everything's so fucking dry. <laughs> it's yeah, def- I'm gonna it's go de- with the gender it's, reveal. It's party. definitely the gender reveal party that's at fault. No, nothing else could be to be blamed. <laughs> that's uh, I think that's the the best way to discuss that yeah exactly i think that's the only way the world knows how to talk about things yep scapegoats baby well we're a scapegoat for many people i think yeah i think so right yeah no i don't know right anything else any other other genocides well man i don't even know how long this has been i don't know We've been talking for like four years already. I think so. And we have to talk about a movie. Oh, no. Uh, after the break, we're going to go take our girls up to the rafters. And then you know what happens up there. What happens up there, Jer? Let me show you.
This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about I Vitiloni from 1953, directed by Federico Fellini. What, what was the name of this film? I Vitiloni. I Vitiloni. Good job, Jer. We are the hollow men in this last of meeting places. We grope together and avoid speech, gathered on this beach of the Torrid River. The, that's a... Uh... That's pretty like elegant. That description. We you know grope what I mean? together. <laughs> I, I mean the other parts. The okay. the, the other parts, Jared. Okay. Uh, wow, fragrant. The t- the synopsis. Uh huh. Five young men young dream of success as they drift lazily through life in a small italian village fausto uh-huh. the group's leader is a womanizer ricardo craves fame alberto is a hopeless dreamer moraldo fantasizes about life in the city and leopoldo all oh uh-huh. is an aspiring playwright as yeah. fausto chases a string of women to the horror of his pregnant wife the other four blunder their way from one of uneventful experience to the next mhm mhm so rj yes uh, as mentioned in our preamble uh-huh. this is the last fellini film for a very long time on the criterion creeps podcast nice it's going to be close to 10 years or something mm-hmm. like that until we see the fart Fellini here on the creep. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, we're turning the clock back here to this 1953 offering that I'm assuming neither of us were familiar with or had seen before. Uh, this is one of my favorite shows for oh. always. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I, sorry. I'm speaking out of turn. I didn't yeah, realize. Don't, you're, don't I'm, assume. You're a things. big, big fan of the Vit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. I'm a big Vitaleone, no. man. Uh, the title, do you know what it, it translates to, RJ? <sighs> I do because I watched the follow-up, uh, which was called Vitilioni Ismo, uh, which is a thirty-minute doc. Um, but uh, and I believe it means young bull- calf. Well, or something, or like the layabouts. <laughs> oh, so okay, I got a way different. The way they describe it in that, yeah. Like, so it there's was like, like veal and a young calf, and like it's the men are young calves. Yes, kind of idea. Yeah, apparently, you know? it's like the bollocks, the layabouts. Okay, it's like the literal translation of it. But yes, there is the thing about the uh, young calves. Which, like, I mean, when I heard that, I was like, 
I guess that I was like, that makes sense for what this what this movie is actually about. Yeah, so. see, here we go. The actual origin of the term has been defined as a cross between the Italian words for reveal, vitello, and beef, bovino, implying, quote, an immature, lazy person without a clear identity or any notion of what to do with his life. Uh, yeah. Hey, do when you when you're talking about veal beef, it reminded me. Do you remember that hit line from Summertime about beef steak? Do you remember? Yeah, I do. That's an Italian man too. That is an Italian man. Oh. Passionate about their beef steak. Be- beefs, yeah, they like their cows. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's something that I learned watching a documentary, Jared, because I'm a real smart guy. You are a smart man. Mm-hmm. Do, doing that leg work, watching those supplements. <laughs> On the, on the Criterion channel. Which apparently only 18 people have even seen. That's, or, or logged, it logged at least. Logged on many, Letterboxd. There might be many people who have watched it and they just aren't on Letterboxd and may not True. even realize it's a loggable thing because they're not True. desperate for uh, views. Well. <laughs> what was that? Or is that just silence? Uh, no, I said something, but I think it's better left uh, okay. left alone. So, I made a mistake. I read a synopsis and a couple of reviews of Ivitioni, and sure. I had re- I read this was a coming of age story. Yes. Okay. So that's what I saw too. Okay. So I, I I'm watching this movie, and I get this like. St- Stand by me, narrator speaking from like a later point in their life, talking about all the times we had, and they introduce their friends and uh, give you just like a, you know like a little cliff notes synopsis of what these people mean or what they are in the in the group of five, and I was like, what what are we talking about here? These are all like thirty something year old, forty something year old men. Like mm-hmm. these guys are not spry young chickens. So I'm like, so when's the flashback coming? <laughs> like, what, 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 uh-huh. when, are we, when are we going to see what these guys look like? Because um, I mean, we've just been watching like Italian movies, like for sure, for fucking forever. It seems like, and there's like actual like young toughs, easy kids and stuff like sure. that. And I mean, they look like you know that's a coming of age tale. Uh huh. Remember Mama Roma? Exact Mama Roma. All the, all those like Italian boys running around. That's a common mm-hmm. story. These fucking guys. Like, so, okay. And I looked this up because I was like uh-huh. really getting like really annoyed by this. And I was like, yeah how, yeah. how old is the lead actor? How old is Fausto? Okay. I didn't look, but my guess is 42. 22. At the time, wait, the character or the actual the actor, actor? The actor of no. Fausto is 22 years old. <sighs> And well, he I'm must like, have started no. drinking and smoking at like ten. Hey, these are like guys who uh-huh. who came out the other side of World War Two. They, they had a hard. Okay. They've had a hard life at this point. They had probably a very stressful, like whatever, like being fourteen years old and being in the ar- in the war. Well, like, I don't know if they were been like conscripted or anything like that into like the army, but they were definitely in that point where like, oh man, I can't wait. I hope Italy's at war a little bit longer so I can be a real hero and get some mm-hmm. tail. Or maybe they're all like actor kids and they're like, "Oh, I don't want to go to war." And then it's like, uh-huh. "Oh shit, I like I'm I'm in a war zone potentially in a world where like America's coming through with tanks or, you know, being uh, in a government run by fascists." And who knows? And then you have to like live through the collapse of your country. And so yeah. this is what a hard 22 looks like. 
That's a hard 22. Like, where you sure. look like you're like, fucking, like, like, you could be a, a, a guest spot in an episode of Sopranos. As someone's uncle, who's like, yeah. that guy's like 100 years yeah. old. How is he an uncle? A cousin. Cousin. I, I chose uncle because I, I thought it implied more age. Yeah. Because He's, they're old. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. These are, yeah. I, it's, that was really, really distracting throughout the entire movie because I was like, this is just like, like a bunch of buffoons. Like these are just goofballs. Like, but they're not even like there's there's no like oh they're young and they're like they're trying to find their way in the world today. Uh-huh. It's taking everything they got. No, no, no. Like so, this movie is uh, as Wikipedia calls it, m- a most imitated of Fellini's films because what? you so you got like every single like one of these tiles of stories of like kind of people like outside of high school, young, young men, young women uh, start getting their life started. So like mean streets from Scorsese's reference, American graffiti is mentioned. Ah. Joel Schumacher's St. Elmo's fire. Okay. Uh, what Phil, about Phil, Amarcord? Philip Kaufman's the wanderers, Barry okay. Levinson's diner, which it is kind of like, but that, that was the thing though, is like the, the, in the course Apparently, what is it? Yeah, there's even things saying Levinson had never has said he never saw Ivitioni before making his own film. It's like, well, yeah, making a coming of age. Shit. Like, you don't have to have seen this fucking movie to like yeah. make a coming of age story. But like at the same time, these stories of like, because it's there is some plot beats that are similar. But you know what, RJ, Diner uh-huh. wasn't a movie I was that all that crazy about. So, I okay, don't know. that's fine. So I. I think the coming of age thing, that's, that's pretty loose, man. Like that's, yes. that's, that's pretty generous description for this movie. Cause this is but, a uh, movie at the end of the day about these five guys. And uh-huh. I, don't even, I don't even feel like this is like the smallest Italian village we've seen. No, this seems like a full blown city. Almost. It seems like a town. Yeah. They, they've got like amenities. A nightlife. Yeah. They've got like, you know, people dance because it's a Fellini movie. People are uh-huh. dancing. Uh, it's not like it's like there's like a nightlife. Mm-hmm. But so we got we got Buddy Fausto. He's uh, he's knocked up a girl, and he's mm-hmm. fi- he finds out. And he's like, ah, better get out of here. <laughs> that, that better clear out. There's nothing here for me. <laughs> he's like, well, I had a good run in this town. I better start over somewhere new. Yeah, give give um, give her a chance. You know, at a better life. <laughs> It's like, it's like I'll only do her bad by staying. Yeah, you know maybe I'll make, get a good job and uh, you know cut her in on the action later on. But it's mm-hmm. like no, no. Of course, is it his dad that's like, what do you? Do? He's like, hey, can I have that thousand bucks, that thousand lira, which is like, mm-hmm. who knows how little money that actually is in uh, 1953. It's always like, hey, I need ten thousand, like in um, oh god, the dog movie. George Washington? Not not that one. Uh, are you talking about Umberto D? Yes. Again, another mo- a depiction of like shitty Italian life after World War II. This one doesn't even seem that bad. Like Umberto D seems way worse. Like it's all bombed out. This oh, yeah. this seems fine. Okay, Jared, I got some intel here for you about the lira. So yeah, I I, I know about inflation. You know about inflation? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, in the year 1930... 58. 
1953. Okay. Uh, in the year 1943, $1 was 120 lira. Uh, let's see if we can get a little bit later. No, that's about the closest I can get. 1949, one American dollar was 625 lira. Well, things cost differently back then, too. That's true. But I'm sure you could get like a pack of smokes for like a like a dime or something. Yeah. So like 10,000 or what was it? 1,000 lira? Yep. 1,000 lira is like like $4. Well, I mean, and then yeah. This guy's you like, could hey, buy like you could buy like a week's worth of groceries with 4 bucks maybe. Probably. Yeah. Pro- probably. Well, I right? I don't know if we've had this conversation before, but I remember like years ago watching Mad Men and there was like a discussion about like yearly salaries and it's like, oh, I'm making, I'm making $3,000 a year. And it's like, wait, this is like 1963, 64 or something like that. It's like, that's not a lot of money. Was then, I guess. That's what I mean. This is where I like when you start seeing, hearing these big numbers tossed around. You're like, "Well, is ten thousand a lot?" It's like doesn't sound like it, but it's always like, oh, "I'm a, I'm ten thousand lira short. I need a thousand lira. Okay, can I have five thousand lira?" It's like I don't know. Sometimes mm-hmm. I do like when subtitles kind of like mess around a little bit and they say what it is yeah. in U.S. dollars because who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's like, "Hey, can I have four dollars?" And you go four dollars. What? Yeah. Anyways, I uh, I just wanted to give you the opportunity okay. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, Professor of Economics, Balog. Yeah, that's me. Rog, I am or Professor Rog. Rog Balog. No. Balog. <laughs> okay. So this movie, yeah. um, it's fine. It's okay. okay. It's okay. I yeah. I mean, again, this is kind of in that early period, I think, for Fellini still. He's a guy, as they say on Letterboxd Reviews, finding his voice. Wow. That's I, a... Supposedly, this was a, you know somewhat autobiographical or biographical of his own life. Oh, and I guess like... Allegedly. Allegedly. It's always allegedly. Uh-huh. There's a little bit of Fausto and Fellini. So I'm like, so he's like a real like puss hound, huh? Uh, could you repeat that for the, uh, and just wait, let me hit record on Skype here. Could you repeat that just for a second? Puss hound. Well, it was a good run. I don't think anyone expected us to last four years, but, uh, maybe this is the way it was meant to end for, for always because, um, I'm done. (laughs) No more. Am I wrong to describe uh, it this way? Is it inaccurate? This guy's always a sniffing up the next skirt. Well, I mean, as I've said in a few different ways, I would use different words, but uh, what the sentiment is the same. Yes, this man yeah. is. We get to the same place no matter what. Yeah, he gets around. No. Mm-hmm. He's insatiable, like all Italians, is what I've come <laughs> oh, to learn. Oh, 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 can you say that again? Can you say that, speak that? Hey, say the, that into the, the microphone. That's not my opinion. That is what the criteria. Oh shit! See, trademark has taught me because that's what every single Italian movie in the Criterion Collection, uh, how they depict Italian. Men. I, I just RJ, I noticed on your letterbox review, uh, yes. you have, you've used a couple of different tags. Okay. Uh, one, so you've got the fart in reference to the Fellini. Yes, yes, that's accurate. Uh, male bonding. 
which is mm-hmm. a- accurate, accurate. Um, yeah. There's definitely some of that. I mean, I mean, I've only noticed there's only like eight movies with that. I feel like you uh, don't I'm, use it consistently. I'm well, I never with tags, but uh, it's uh, it's an ongoing thing. Sure, but I also noticed you have one called Italian Rape Gangs. <laughs> yes. Uh, and which has only <laughs> this film, uh, as well as quote. <laughs> Sexually aggressive Italians. Well, do you agree? I feel like you might be overselling it a little bit. Okay, well, you, you surely you cannot disagree with the sexually aggressive Italians, because I feel like that's <laughs> laid out up front, especially with main character when he gets a... He sees librarian girl uh, at the part at the dance with no glasses on, and the oh, next day so, he is but, in her uh, office. Fuck man, I love I love it's like this is that era of movie where like mm-hmm. you see some woman and she's just wearing glasses, and you go, oh, she's ugly. That, that's she's that, a nerd. That's supposed to be like your your short circuit, your brain. Oh, homely. She's wearing glasses. Uh-huh. You're like, no, 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 because it's like. It's like then you take those glasses off and you go va va voom, and that's exactly what happens. And then the scene that happens afterwards, he goes, "I thought you were a real nerd, but you're a total babe. Get on over here. Get on my on my stuff." I was gonna say a different word. Um, he's like, "Get on it," and she's like, "No, thank you." And he's like, "Listen, babe." He's like, "I'm not here to talk." So he's like, really forcing himself on her, and I viewed it as sexually aggressive. So I think that one is fair. And as far as Italian rape gangs go, Jared, there <laughs> is no actual rape. Uh, I should actually put the threat of rape in here uh, as a tag because there's that scene. There's a lot of scenes where they're leaving the bar going home and it's like it's really affectionately put. It's like, well, with the night over, nothing left to do. They all go home. But in one of those scenes, a lady walks by and they kind of swarm her. <laughs> they swarm her, Jared, and they're all like, "Eh, swarm. where you going? What you doing? Show me your butt." And it's things <laughs> like that nature. And I was like, if it's this was a say so Michael, and you know, Michael Haneke movie, I I think that that scene would maybe end in a different way. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I do with my explanation now. Do you kind of see where I'm coming from here? A little bit, a little bit. I'm gonna send you a photo here. Uh, it's it's a it's a famous photograph by Ruth Orkin, okay. and, uh, and I think it really captures. Maybe you should share this also on um, the Instagram. Just as like sure. this is be further evidence, I think, of what I'm saying. Maybe, okay, perhaps. Um, Let me see. So anyway, yeah. So I mean, I watched this. I watched this movie. It held my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, the, so the whole thing is he, he knocks this girl up. He's going to run away and. Dad steps in, shotgun wedding. He, he he gets held accountable. There's a wedding. We have this like ridiculous scene that also happens back in the 50s where everyone in your entire family comes to the train station to see you off. Can you imagine, RJ, if like everyone like came to see you whenever you left places? That seems to be uh, like – it's not just like it's your, you're going off on your honeymoon. It's yeah. like – it's just like a thing where it's like always like everyone convenes because it's like, oh, you're leaving. You're just leaving. That's like a that's a cause of celebration and we should really come together. I don't know if it's just like a, a cinematic thing, but it's like, why can't you just anonymously come and go from places? I, I know anytime you leave the room, I know there's usually a uh, 
an applause and a celebration. Because, uh, well, because they're like, go get him, kit, champ. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, sure. I, actually, I did. So after high school, I moved down to the States, and I had kind of a going away, and uh, it was a similar thing. And you know what? It felt pretty good. It was kind of nice to be uh, cheered off. You know what I mean? Maybe. I cheered you know, off. I just wanted to be like, you know, treated like just any old asshole, you know. I want to be hanging out in the Calgary airport, you know, having some Subway. Uh, eating a poutine at like 6 a.m. Maybe, 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 maybe if can. I'm stuck there real early, I'll go to Chili's. Ooh, what would you get at Chili's? Oh, it's been a long time. <laughs> Quesadilla explosion salad. It's, it's, I think Chili's is the only place that gets eaten at at airports, isn't it? Like, you don't actually go to Chili's outside of that. I remember ads, but yeah. Like, is there chi- are, is, I've eaten at a Chili's, like, an actual Chili's. Oh, of course you have. I mean, not recently, no. but uh, the time I was there, I had a pleasant, pleasant uh, dinner. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was fine. Okay. Yep. So you were tell, talking about sexually aggressive men. Uh, well, I just saw they're, that they're, picture, they're, and yeah, it checks out. Checks Sorry, out. Checks out. Yep. Uh, was it American Girl in Italy or something like that? That's the name of the the photograph. Anyway, <laughs> can I uh, can I share a story from a listener, a, a friend of the show, perhaps? Sure. Uh, it would, I don't know. It wouldn't should... be the first time. It won't be the last time. I, I don't I don't want to out them unless uh, I'll tell you the story and if you want me to say who it was I will, uh, but they were talking about the last time we watched a movie with sexually aggressive Italian men, and they said yeah my wife did a tour in Europe, and the only place she felt unsafe was in Italy, <laughs> uh, and a lot of it had to do with the way that the the men were treating her, and I said, uh huh, uh huh, well I've I've never been so who is this. But, uh, uh, that would be Ollie Granger, uh, oh. and you can find him at Smash the TV on Instagram. Uh, I believe he said his wife felt a little unsafe in Italy, but all the other countries were uh, were okay. So, yeah, I've, uh, I've heard, I've heard um, from work uh, some women that went on art art, art history trips talking mm-hmm. about the aggressiveness of Italian men on the streets. Uh huh. Of, it's like, oh, well, I mean, doesn't that make you feel special, though, to be desired? It's like, wow. they, they, they've chosen me. <laughs> maybe the way they were dressed. Eh? Maybe they're not discerning whatsoever. <laughs> they're just like, hey, oh hey, hey, girl. What, what, Problematic. What, what, for, I mean, is it all for fun? It's like, do they really expect it to go somewhere? I mean. Well, I think that's the justification sometimes from people i've observed sometimes they'll be like well it's all in good fun we don't actually mean anything by it but it's kind of like well you know is it like the way is, is, is it to other people is different is it the way that wayne gretzky says it you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take <sighs> that's why he's the wow. great that's why he's called the great one the great one from Al- alberta canada creepsville well, himself. he played here he's he wasn't born he's not great... from alberta no oh rj Ontario, yeah. Oh, I just associated. No, no, oh, no, 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 oh no! They, they, oh, they, that would just like be the the storybook. Brantford. I mean, they yeah, see. Who the fuck is Brantford? Well, it's uh, the, well, RJ. I don't know if you know this. Okay. It's the it's the home of Wayne Gretzky, the birthplace. Well, fuck! I don't know that. I know that Sidney Crosby's from RJ. The uh, East Coast. You're, you're such a good Albertan. The East Coast. I just, you know, I was like, yeah, Gretzky's from Edmonton. And uh, did you just say Wayne Gretzky's from the East Coast? 
No, I said Sidney Crosby. Oh is. yeah, yeah. Some people would say he was maybe gonna be the next and wasn't. Maybe uh, you know, the new Edmonton Oilers. You know, the little hot shot. You know who I'm talking about. He knows who I'm talking about. He knows Nick David. Maybe it's Con, him. Big anyway. Con, Con Con. Big Con. Yeah. Maybe it's him. I don't know. Maybe it was you and me, and we just missed it. Oh, damn. I like how this episode is devolved uh, <laughs> to uh, sexually aggressive Italian men uh, about people feeling unsafe and about the birthplace of Wayne Gretzky. Uh, you know what? This is, but I want to make sure uh, since we're not going to be talking about Fellini for a very long time, he he goes out in style. Uh, yeah, he really puts it all on display, doesn't he? Yeah. So Fausto, he goes on his honeymoon. He comes yeah. back. And uh, he wants to be a layabout, and uh, he goes to the movie theaters with his his glowing, beautiful, pregnant wife, and he's playing footsie with this uh, this one uh, alluring woman, who like she's not paying him any mind, and he's like, "Hey, <laughs> tone down the aggressiveness, bud," and then she gets up and leaves, but kind of like walks right in front of him. And he's like, "Oh, hey, honey, uh, I gotta. I'll be right back." And he starts chasing this woman down the street. What do you think he does would do if he actually got her? That's the thing that I don't know if a lot of these men know what they're going to do with these women once they got them. Isn't that a hit I mean, Joker or- line from The Dark Knight, like a dog chasing a car? You remember that hit movie, The Dark Knight, Jarrett? I remember that movie. He's like, I wouldn't know what to do if I if I got one. Mm. You think it's that kind of mentality? Sage words. The so, Joker. So, so Buddy gets yeah. a job selling uh-huh. religious paraphernalia because it's Italy. Sure. Um, yeah. he, he gets a nice little jacket, but immediately, like you already can tell, it's like he looks over at the uh, the owner's wife, and he's like, he gives her a, uh, an up and down real quick. But then he goes, oh, she's wearing glasses. No one likes glasses." Mm-hmm. But then when he sees her at a party, he goes, "Oh, I, I see what I see now, and I like I like it." <sighs> What what did he see, Jer? Uh, a real dish. <laughs> okay, your so, words, not mine. Yep. So. Uh huh. Anyway. Uh huh. You get these side story. You get the side stories uh-huh. with with the other four guys, but it doesn't seem like I don't know. Does it go anywhere? Does it tie up? You get the one guy. There's like a party. They're doing like a big festival thing. Um, yeah. Every time they do one of these festivals too, I always wonder, did P.T. Anderson really get into the like that one scene for Phantom Thread where it's like the big party? For and the I, New Year's Eve party? Yeah. And I always wonder, yeah. like I watch some movies and I always go, is this the movie that he's like referencing? Because I, I feel like that whole like New Year's party – is like laced with like film references. And I'm always like mm-hmm. on the spot on the uh, hunt for like that movie, whatever that is. Cause I don't know. Maybe he's talked about it openly. I just haven't bothered to look it up, but I like to be like, is this the one, is this the one that he like captures? Cause sometimes like it's the feeling of it. It doesn't actually have mm-hmm. any, like it's not like, Oh, it's a g- direct shot that references it. It's like, Oh, it's framed the exact same way. It's like, no, it's like, no, oh, I always love, I know I bet that one scene. I was like, Oh, I wanted to recapture that. And that's what it feels like. Cause it feels like, there's something to that that's mm-hmm. in his head when he does that. Cause that, that scene has a quality to it. That's quite nice. And I think, uh, an allure an allure. And I think that, um, uh, listener of the show and a fellow podcast from Justin to Kane posted a still from that very scene with Daniel day Lewis, uh, in and, Phantom uh, thread. Yeah. Or in Ivy to Daniel day Lewis, Phantom thread. Yeah. I think that's a, it's an astute 
I just thought I, I just and crossed it, my mind because you know good, why? Good thing to hunt for. Yeah, and I mean, I was thinking about this maybe even a little bit more because I I did see while looking at Wikipedia that uh, acclaimed director Stanley Kubrick cited Whoa. the film as one of his top ten favorite films. I don't know what you're talking about, Stan. But all right, Stan, Stan, hey, Stan, Stan's got a eclectic tastes. He he's a, he sure does. Yeah, he sure does. I feel like that's like a one of those deep cuts that Tarantino would be like. He'd be like, I like the Hellbenders, the Western, and only <laughs> nerds like you would know what he was talking about. Everyone else would be like, huh? Yeah, Hellbenders is good. <laughs> Hellbenders is good, and I only know that because you you gave it to me. But uh, there you go. I feel like it's maybe one of those where it's just like, you know, that one. Yeah, exactly. Uh. Well, it's like, uh, it's kind of like the Marty thing, though, too, because he'll list off, you know, the movies that he is into, and you go, oh, boy. Fucking Re- like, uh, Renoir, was, huh? Early, what was the one French, you liked? French Can Can? French Can Can? Yeah. Fuck. Get out of here. GTFO. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, you, there's like the other, there's the other characters, but they don't seem as important as Fausto. And sure. so like, it's like, Oh, this one's like, he's dressing up. He's a little effeminate. And he's like, has this like back and forth with his sister, whatever. And then there's the other ones. One wants to be a singer, whatever. whatever. It doesn't, uh-huh. n- none, none of it really like lands for me. And mm-hmm. I mean, if you're telling this type of story and I don't know if this is just like primitive filmmaking, working through how to make people care about this stuff. And there's like that bit of a disconnect of, mm-hmm. For me, anyway, where it's just like, ah, uh, I don't know, maybe I want like a movie with like Christian Slater in it sometimes to, to like, and like some American chops of like schmaltzy storytelling to make the story make sense. And like one that's like, oh, I can gauge whether or not I think this is good or not. This just mm-hmm. kind of feels like, oh, it's telling the story, but there's not what I want. There's not like giant women. It's not like taking place on some weird, like deserty, deserted plain. Which even like White Cheek has, and then he goes back to that stuff uh, tenfold in later movies. There's no rocket ship being built. There's some dancing. Uh, did Nina Rota do the score for this? It kind of sounds like that. I hope not, because I have something to say about that. Let me check it out. It could be Nina Rota, but let's it, see. It's... I Vitaliani, who did the score. You talk like this, Jared, you can kill time. You can talk about anything that you want. Uh, you can talk about the crew. Doing the you voice. Can talk about oh, look at that. Cast. Nino he Rota. He did. You know what? I'm going to tell you about it, but uh, I think this was a poor show on Nino Rota's part. And oh, yeah. uh, I'll tell you all about that when uh, when you turn it over to me. Okay. Well, you know what? I think, I think I've said my piece. I think this is like fine. Okay. This is like, oh, it's okay. But it's fine. I mean, there's nothing that stuck with me uh, in any real way. So uh, I uh-huh. guess now, RJ, I'm curious what you thought of Ivitaloni. Sexually aggressive Italian men. Well, we knew that. I spoiled that one for everybody. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing. So I have a similar Ivitaloni story to you. Uh, and then when you see what appears to be 45-year-old men playing teenagers, uh so I started this movie and Andy came down and uh, she's like, what are you watching? I was like, I don't know, some Italian shit. Who cares? Uh, and she's like, all right. And she watched for like five, ten minutes with me. And at the start of the movie, it was kind of like them. I was like, because I even said to her, I was like, I think it's a coming of age story or something. I don't really know. And she's like, coming of age? She's like, do you mean these 
40 year old men that are very clearly 40 and i was like i guess and then they're like doing things like that are kind of coming of right like kind of like i don't know chat or not childish but like young men things like mm-hmm. the way they're going out to bars and stuff and uh she just got up she's like i'm not gonna watch these old ass men pretend to be little kids and i was like that's fine that's fair uh yeah i should have i should have started a list on letterboxd four years ago criterion movies that andy walked out on because uh okay. there's quite a few okay so alberto sorti in this he is third uh-huh. he's 33 in this um, oh, okay. So Franco Interlangi, who's Moraldo, mm-hmm. Moraldo is. Look how young he is there. Yeah, he's he's twenty two. Like when the movie I was released, uh, Franco Fabrizi, who is Fausto. So this mm-hmm. is the the main dude. Yeah, uh, he is. Oh fuck, he's old too. Actually, he's twenty six. So he's. 12. I would have guessed older. So, even. I don't know that's the thing, right? Like, so he's so he's still like in his mid twenties, and I don't know. Like, they're not really exact on like how old they are. Like, how old is old? But yeah, they're like the one guy. He's thirty three. It's like, but these guys, like, yeah, they look. I mean, even in the photo, the, the 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 photo that accompanies the post, like that use they use the poster on the letterbox. It just looks like five old Italian guys in like old men jackets. It looks like they're all waving goodbye to their kid who just graduated oh, high school. Oh, and the, yeah, the oh yeah. Then there's the banner image with like Harold uh-huh. Lloyd in the background, the intellectual. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, and there's the other guys. It's like yeah, no, they look like dads. Yeah, and the guy in the right looks like the fucking son of Sam. They're, they're killer. the no, they're the dads of a coming of age story. That's the yes, pro- that's that, the problem. Yeah. Exactly. So it's up. It's up front you run into a little bit of an issue because you're like we got david berkowitz on one side we got harold <laughs> lloyd on the other side and you're like we got we got a problem here because these aren't these aren't kids you can kind of root with all right where in mama roma that was like an actual 16 year old kid and it was very evident so you're like okay i never thought i would be standing up for a pasolini film but uh hey what do you do hey he's uh, hey you got to give him credit where he's due, right? Where, where, where it's due, you got to give him credit. Uh, so up front, I thought that was weird also. Um, and then, so some of the things you watch, like I, I could see some people kind of being on board with this movie in the boys will be boys kind of category. And it's like, I get that. But at the same time, like, I feel like those things appeal to me more than they would to say you or other casual criterion watchers, the boys will be boys kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, I was kind of like, mm, I don't know about these guys. Uh, and it wasn't just the sexual aggressive nature of uh, how they were behaving. That was a big part of it. Uh, but that aside, I was just like, I don't know these guys like, there's been a lot of nights where I go out with with the boys and you have a little piss up, you go home and then everyone kind of does their own thing. I understand that part of it. And uh, like we said, credit where it's due. One scene I actually did like was near the end when uh, they're driving to like the railway rail station or whatever. And um, they all stop for a piss and they're pissing like uh, in the ditch. And that guy's pissing behind a tree and the other guy just throws a huge rock at the tree and they all kind of laugh. I actually thought that was pretty funny because I was like, I've been in that situation. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fun. That was me throwing that rock. That was, yeah, exactly. I've been on both sides of that situation before. So, uh, both the sides. worst, 
the worst is when you're at the top of the ditch, uh, releasing and, uh, someone comes and just gives you a kick in the back and you <laughs> fall in. That's, I mean, boys will be boys, right, Jer? Man, um, that's like, oh yeah. So that's like, besides anything else we're talking about, uh, like there's these, uh-huh. somebody I'm friends with on Facebook, they once in a while, these things that they like pop up on my feed and there's this sure. one of just like these men, like these young men, just like beating the shit out of each other like for flaps like oh like my friend doesn't... yeah but it's like cheap shots like oh i'm gonna come up behind this guy and just like drop kick him and like my friend's gonna videotape it and it's gonna be hilarious i i know what you mean and i'm like fuck like that's a that's a way to break your back like not knowing sure. someone's coming to just kick you in the spine and it's like ah, oh. <laughs> we're just smashing things over your face and it's like oh you got me good it's like this is a uh, a kind of masculinity that I am not plugged into. Well, Jared, it's about male bonding. Yes, Have you ever yes. Seen- oh yeah, I've heard about it. I've heard about male bonding. Okay, uh, so. Well, yeah, exactly. Like my, my, I, my male bonding is Swiss Army Man. Well, that's a perfect example of it. That's pro. That's actual proper male bonding. Correct. Uh, I mean, I've wrestled my fair boys in in my day, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, you want to play fair for sure. So that's the reason I'm even saying that. It's like I I think I fit into the demographic that this movie was probably intended for, <laughs> but at the same time. I also think this movie is fine, but there were things in this movie that actually kind of actively annoyed me. And I was like, mm. I was like, I don't don't really like that. So the Nina Rota score, I feel like plays like a comedy sitcom soundtrack because they're walking around and it's like, boom, 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 boom. And uh, I know that you're going to be like, wait a minute, that's a 90s sitcom. But I don't know, like it actually it's not Seinfeld. But when they're walking around and the music's like, you're like, what is this? Like, it's I I thought it was too light and fluffy. I was like, this is like comedy stuff. Yeah, it is a comedy, though. I know, but I I found it was like it it seemed really out of place to me for some reason. Mm. So I I don't that that could just be me. I know I have weird hang ups about things Mm -hmm. sometimes. Uh, But I I thought the music was really out of place. I was like, I don't know. It's what this is about. But uh, I'm not on board with it. Okay. So I thought the story or the score was weird. Uh, what's something else I thought was weird? Okay. Well, I mean, the main guy I don't think is relatable at all, or not even relatable. I don't think he's likable because he's just like, I want to get around because of my insatiable Italian lust, and he's going <laughs> around getting like women left and right, and then at the end he's like, my wife, she left me. She left in my house, but I miss her. I love oh, her. Oh man, <laughs> you know, just, you know, Jer? just that, just that accent is unchecked tonight. <laughs> my wife, she had no one. She she be fed a ravioli, but she wanted a beef a steak. Um, so it's stuff like that, and you're just like, it's like, well, yeah, you're kind of a shitty dude. Of course, she would leave, so you don't feel bad for him. And like, I know. I mean, you can't sympathize with every character. I get that. I, I get that. But uh, this guy, I was like, I don't know, man. This guy's, he's he gets what's coming to him. So you don't feel bad for him. Um, and then one other thing that I was like, I don't know how to read this, if this is a good thing or a bad thing. But you know that exchange that the guy has with uh, the kid who's going to the, the train station? And he, yeah. 
he's like it's the end of his night but it's the start of the kid's day there's like that exchange there he's like hey kid sit down like i feel like it's supposed to be this like um kind of like older brother thing but when i was watching it i was like i was kind of like what is this scene about i was like why is this here i don't know that that could be me too and like maybe not a real thing but uh it stuck out to me because i was just like what is this about this scene what's going on here yeah yeah (laughs) so i don't know i thought that was kind of weird but like i said that could just be my own hang up uh i didn't dislike the whole movie like there's some stuff like there's some Fellini things that I did like I did think the ball was kind of nice and there are some elements of the male bonding that I uh I think are cool the one thing I thought was funny was uh there's that side story with the playwright guy where he's like writing this play and then there is a scene where they're like uh it kind of like jumps ahead a little bit it's like this character did this it's only like a couple days but they're like the playwright guy it's like he grew a goatee and then it's like the next scene of him with a goatee and i i I don't know i thought that was like modern comedy kind of joke and i was like that's pretty funny i like that uh i don't know i wasn't i can i mean i i know why people and i i I can see why i missed that (laughs) i said i can see why people like any criterion uh for some reason but even even though we usually hate a lot of these things, uh, this one it's like I can see some of the charm in it. I can see why it's likable to a few like in some areas. But at the same time, I was like, eh. I was like, I'm not really on board with this. So I don't know. It wasn't really my uh, my my jam, but uh, I don't think it's a bad movie or anything. It's just not not exactly what I wanted. Right. And that's fine because Fellini didn't make movies for me specifically. That's fine. What an asshole! Well, that's what some people. That's what some people think. That's what the comments we get sometimes. Why isn't this podcast catering to my needs? And you say, I don't know, man. I don't know, Bobby Boucher. <laughs> There's no water in the desert. You know. Uh, well, you know. Who hates this movie? Uh, well, not me, clearly. No. Oh, I forgot. Oh. I forgot to tell you about Vitiliono Isamo. Okay, yeah, go for Vite- it. Don't, tell me about tell me about this half hour documentary. So it's just the actors as old men talking about. What oh, it was like oh you mean it. you mean older men? Even older men, because this was came out in two thousand four. Apparently, holy shit! So <laughs> like fifty they're, years they're, older. They're pretty fucking old they're like senior citizens just talking about like uh what it was like to make them there's not really much to take out from that other than they're like yeah we uh we made a movie and then they're like look what fellini did after look what he did after that's what they all kind of say but uh, the one big thing that's actually kind of relevant is they said that a lot of the filmmaking fellini would give them like they were like, he would set the, the scene. It'd be like, this is what you should be doing. And he's like, so do it. And so he like kind of put it to them. So I think some of these scenes that might seem come off like either loose or clunky. I think it was because he didn't, there was like, I don't think there was like a full script to it or anything like that. Or Fellini was like, just riff, you know, just kind of go where the scene takes you. I think that's what some of this movie is too. So, which I think... I mean, that's cool, I guess, but whatever. No. All right, tell me who hates this movie. Jonathan Edward. 
Edward. Or Half a star. And who? Okay. Short and sweet. A slog. All right, bud. Someone commented on that review. Oh. And they, oh, they said blasphemer. Hmm. Interesting. So, Jonathan Eddie Ward, uh, favorite films include Your Name, the anime, Pirates of the Car- Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, Back to the Future, and Avengers Endgame. Wow. That is a different viewing <laughs> set than uh, uh-huh. than what we're used to here. Uh, uh, yes. Have we uh, ever had anyone have Pirates of the Caribbean on their like favorite films list? Never. I've I've never seen anyone in the people I interact with on Letterboxd have Pirates of the Caribbean on their favorite films. Uh, Other half-star films of this person include some David Lynch short films. Okay. uh, The Mummy Returns, which is a good show. Uh, M, the 1931 Criterion film by Fritz Hall. Okay. Which is interesting, I guess. Other five-star films are just things like Frozen 2, Hamilton, uh, The Incredibles, I don't know, Star Wars, I don't know, a bunch of shit. Bunch of shit. Heathers. Uh, next, one star, a rewatch by Dave. Oh, wow. No interest in our five white male post-adolescent man-childs. <laughs> the theme of escaping small-town life ran true by the end, or maybe I was just pleased to be escaping two by that point. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about what uh, some of those characteristics of them have to do with anything, but uh, Dave's favorite films include Jaws, The Truman Show, The Third Man, and something called You Can Count on Me, directed by Kenneth Lonergan. Oh. Do you know what this movie is? It's got ye- Matt. Yeah, I remember I- that movie. I remember when people cared about that movie. Remember Matthew Broderick? Yeah. Remember what he did? Remember Matthew Doggerick. <laughs> I, uh, I, I can't share that meme. <laughs> I, I sent it. I, the person who sent it knows what's up. I sent it to Jarrett. Because I, I did think it was funny, but I felt like it was probably in our best interest for me not to share that on our public account. If he <laughs> wants to, he's more than welcome to. I just didn't want to be the one who posts it. Mm-hmm. Right, Jer? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so Dave actually, I I'm, I'm checking the five-star films. They're not bad. Things like The Wrestler, Children of Paradise, Unforgiven, Wild Strawberries. Pretty good stuff. Okay. Pretty good stuff. Uh this person has Pirates of the Caribbean in their one-star films. <laughs> wow, okay. So what a, what a change of uh, events here. Wow, hot and cold, hot and cold. Uh, okay. Next up is Liberty Renee. All right. One star. I'm just wholly annoyed. All right. Uh, it, sounds, it seems like they're annoyed a lot. They just gave uh, Tenet one star. Wow. And they gave Black Sunday one star also. Wow. You know you know the Bava film, right? Oh, I do. Other one-star films include No Country for Old Men, The Magnificent Ambersons. These are one-star movies. These are one-star films, apparently. I see. Uh, Rambo, Last Blood. Oh. We know about that, Jer. Oh, uh, what about Yorgos Lanthimos' uh, The Favorite? What about Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse? These are all one-star films, apparently, okay. guys. All right, Liberty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've had enough out of you. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, we'll go with Anna Harrison. Right. One star. I don't understand why this film is so relevant, Saws. Uh, I mean, that's fine. If that's how you feel. Uh, favorite films include Knights of Cabiria, Brighter Summer Day, Mochette from 1967. Don't know what that is. I just Direct looked up. Bruce I had to look Song. up what saws meant. What did it mean? Sorry. Oh yeah, there's a lot of a. Uh, I think this person is a primary Spanish speaker. Are we talking about the same thing here? Yeah. 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 Their bio is Hola, a mi amigas y amigos, a gasent que me sig. Aqua and me red social favorita, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, they only have one half star film, and it is a Star Is Born from uh, a couple years ago. There. So there we go. You know, but they gave five stars to the Holy Mountain. Wow. So, cool. Cool. It doesn't sound too bad. Cool. Cool. And uh, that's that. That's that. Well, I don't know. Maybe we didn't give this film a fair shake, but I don't know. Maybe uh, Fed Fellini should have uh, made a better movie. <laughs> I, th- I think I was tough but fair. No. I didn't like it. I think I expressed why not, and uh, I think it's fine if you do. But uh, It's like tough no, but fair. No. Tough but fair. That's that's a thing people say, right? Uh, that is, I believe, the catch line for like a CBC anchor. Tough but fair. Yes. Does he say it like that? I too? think he's like. I mean, described as tough, but fair. But fair. Well, I mean, Ivy Tilioni is no Ninja Turtle toys. That's something we can agree on, right? This is this is a hundred percent accurate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what are you gonna do? Can't win them all. Can't win them all. Mm-hmm. Well, after the break, I get RJ on that train, get him out of podcast town, get him on that one-way ticket out of here. Hopefully he never comes back. Will you do it already? <laughs> I've been trying. God, how I have tried. is a sexually aggressive Canadian? Not that I know of, 
if anyone does feel that that's the case, let me know. I'll try to improve in my situation. Like become and more aggressive or less? I don't like improve is subjective. I would try to improve on the situation. And okay, that's not that's can, not an answer. <laughs> I would try. Oh boy! More that the end, way I guess too hot, too hot, too hot for radio. Well, the ghoul is a cruel mistress. Yes, right. The ghoul's been very active tonight. Oh, that's too bad. And you can tell us all about it via email, folks. Sure. Just email us at criteriancase.gmail.com and say, what the fuck? Use a different platform to record, you dummies. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan, and he's Barnloaf. You can see all the movies that I'm watching, guys. All of them. It's really exciting. Sure. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. We're on YouTube, so that's really slowed down. Man, where's the action? Where's the juice on that? They're all on OnlyFans, apparently. I I think so. I think they're really uh, draining us, those OnlyFans. Uh, What do we also have? Patreon. We do? Yeah, you mean hell. You you just give us like a buck a month? You give us five bucks a month. Or hell, RJ. Yeah. If you know about this, $50 US. What, what's that about? You you too could be on our podcast. You pick you pick the movie you want to talk about coming up, and you can come join us and talk for three hours about Ninja Turtles toys and and Fellini movies. Man, what a what a treat for uh, for anyone interested. What a what a what a treat. <laughs> what a I think there's enough suckers out there. Speaking of which, next week, Spine two hundred and forty seven. Uh oh, it's Richard Linklater's Slacker from nineteen ninety. And speaking of great people who are coming oh, on the yeah. show, we've got a guest from Creepsville, Jared what? Berger, real person, coming to join us to talk about Slacker. Well, that's 100% a real guy, I guarantee it. 100%. I'm excited that there will absolutely be a real person on the podcast next week. 100%. 100% real, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slacker, a.k.a. Speed bump to video drone. That's... <laughs> I think you mean Kevin Smith's favorite film. Is what what it is. Oh dear. Mm-hmm. Good night. Uh yep. <laughs>